you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. Gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. The greatest conspiracy in history is the cover-up of history. And, and those who control the past determine the future. Folks, that's what tonight's program is all about. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here, located in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania, where we broadcast nightly. It's Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. We're also, we can also be seen live on our YouTube channel. Just go to Hagman and Hagman.com and there select your venue of choice. We're also, uh, uh, we're also live and by archive on the Blog Talk Radio. That's BTR. So we've got multiple venues in which we broadcast, over which we broadcast. And, uh, again, don't forget we've got two websites, Hagman and Hagman.com for the show information and the show itself and hagmanreport.com for show prep and introductory materials, show descriptions, and what have you. But let me repeat that. The greatest conspiracy in history is, is the cover-up of history. That, of course, is a quote by Steve Quayle in the brand-new uh, DVD and, well, the, the, the uh, Blu-ray DVD and video, The Unholy Sea, True Legends, The Unholy Sea. Now, this is required viewing, let me tell you, for anyone who wants to understand the future. Because as we, well, are, are we forbidden, uh, or are, are forbidden secrets of the prehistoric past linked to the forthcoming events of our prophetic future? Is there a hidden hand confiscating and concealing artifacts relating to the world before the flood of Noah and the hybrid entities that inhabited it? Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Now, I, I had the pleasure, the opportunity, uh, to watch the full-length DVD, or the full-length movie, uh, True Legends on the Holy Sea. And I just soaked up the entire two and a half hours. It was information-packed. I've never seen, and, and you will never see, 
a DVD or a movie, a documentary. You'll never see a documentary like this anywhere on any commercial television screen. This is, this is to me like the, uh, holy grail of, of, uh, of really pre-flood history and really what happened, uh, and what will happen. And again, to repeat, uh, Steve Quayle, the greatest conspiracy in history is the cover-up of history, and those who control the past determine the future. With me tonight, and I'm flying solo, Joe will be back uh, uh, perhaps later this week, uh, as soon as he gets cleared by the doctor. He's doing well, by the way. But with me tonight are two fine gentlemen, Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com and Tim Alberino, Gen 6 Productions, also via stevequayle.com, um, YouTube Gen 6 Productions as well, where you can watch the trailer of the video I'm talking about, The, Un- the Unholy Sea. Uh, by the way, the the DVD itself, the Blu-ray itself, uh, will be ready to ship this coming Friday. So it's, it's, uh, it's great timing to have them both on, and it's my pleasure to have them both on. Before we introduce them, I wanted to mention that portion of the nice broadcast brought to you by Whole Tones Live. That's WholeTonesLive.com, folks. If if you feel like life is running you rather than you running your own life, or if you've got stress issues or mental uh, focus issues, turn to WholeTonesLive.com, where there you can uh, use the music frequencies of King David in in beautiful, uh, melodious format to play in your office, play in the background. It's helped me concentrate. It's helped me keep keep me focused. That's WholeTonesLive.com, W-H-O-L-E, ToneslLive.com. More on that later, but uh, without further ado, Mr. Steve Quayle. Steve, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Doug, and it's a joy to be on with you tonight because, again, you're going to hear some amazing stuff after about seven months of Tim pretty much working 18 hours a day and everybody doing uh, just an amazing job. I think it's important that people understand that the release of the Unholy Sea is absolute paralleled with Tom Horn and Chris Putnam. Now, I would say this. The scripture is very clear in, in its explaining that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. What Tim found out, what his interviews will provide people with, is finding out where the alien narrative came into being, who was behind it. And the alien narrative is simply what Tom's been warning about in Exo Vaticana and Chris has been writing about, uh, the... Uh, all their efforts and our efforts dovetailed. Now, I think it's going to be important for people to understand that this information is the great deception. There are many deceptions, and as David Langford said the other night, the last words of Jesus were, see that you be not deceived. Now, what's critical is, is that as we're seeing the one world government forming, as we're seeing the evangelicals come together with the televised presence of the Pope, uh, you know, at the Washington Monument, I think on the 16th of this month, you're seeing the greatest fulfillment in headline history of all those things that we were warned about, a one-world government, a one-world financial system, and a one-world religion. So as we go into this uh, True Legends, the DVD, The Unholy Sea, I'll let Tim explain and go into great detail uh, what 
it is that all of our studies to date have found and one thing leads to another. So with no further ado, I'm going to introduce Tim Alberino, Timothy Alberino. He was the writer and the director of this. I was the producer. I brought the stuff together. But Tim was a remarkably, uh, uh, how should I say this, directed by, I believe, the Holy Ghost to do this thing. And I want to make it clear, this is not a bashing of Catholics. It is not a bashing of Catholics whatsoever. What it is is exposing the agenda that ultimately got Malachi Martin, whether you believe he was murdered or not, I can tell you in no uncertain terms based on who I've talked to, yes, he was murdered. And the greatest war that's taken place in the Catholic Church is yet to come between traditional historic Catholics and the, I would call, transformative uh, Catholicism that will reject all of the previous premises of the Roman Catholic Church. So what we're talking about tonight, just to hit it straight on, Doug, so you don't get the emails and I don't get the emails, is the strange behavior. It's not strange when taken in context. The strange utterances coming out from the unholy see, and what we found today. Now, obviously, we, we fund our projects by the sale of DVDs, and what we've done this year that's different is we've allowed them uh, for a Vimeo that people can have, uh, Tim, is it unlimited? Uh, uh, what is it? Unlimited viewing uh, around the world. Streaming. So, uh, unlimited streaming. Thank you. So, with no further ado, I will introduce you to the director and the writer of True Legends, Timothy Alberino. And Tim, I want you, as you know, I want you to hit as hard as you can. Never hold back because Doug's audience is, very, as you know, and I know, they're up to speed, but they don't, I think, still understand. Most don't understand why you're out traipsing around the world and we're on talk radio talking about this true legends, the thing that I've written about for all these years. Go ahead. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for having me on this evening. Thank you, Doug. And uh, I want to start off by, we're going to start from the, from, from the top and, and work our way down in terms of the content of this film, uh, as Steve likes to say, to hit, the, to, to, to hit cover the bottom line first. And the bottom line is this, the greatest deception that the world has ever seen is about to unfold in the world. And that is a definitive statement. It's a statement that both Steve and I can make uh, without any qualms. And uh, I want to explain to people, first of all, that when we talk about the unholy sea, the term the holy sea is the, uh, is the official name for the institution of the Holy Roman Catholic Church. Uh, in other words, the Vatican. So the Holy See is the is the political title. It's the historic, uh, the historical title of the power of the seat of power of the Pope of Rome and of the institution of Rome. And uh, that's why we call our film the Unholy See. Actually, there's a number of reasons why we call it the Unholy See rather than the Holy See, as it is known. And one of those reasons is because we believe. Uh, that the the Pope of Rome and specifically the institution of Rome is going to be at the center of the deception that I just mentioned, the greatest deception the world has ever seen, and uh, it has to do with again as Steve mentioned uh, the work that Tom and Chris Putnam are doing and have been doing. They just closed out their series of books uh, dealing with this subject matter. Uh, by the way, we, Steve and I, were not intending to focus on the Holy See 
in this second installment of our True Legends, the documentary film series. But as we discovered, all roads lead to Rome, just like the old saying goes. And it, it is, in fact, true, especially when you're dealing with the cover-up relating to the world before the flood of Noah, the cover-up relating to the, 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 the prehistoric past, again, i.e., the world before the flood of Noah, and the, the deception that's coming in the future, the narrative that is going to uh, play out in front of our eyes in the near future. And that narrative has to do very specifically with uh, the idea that the human race is not alone, nor has ever been alone in the universe, and that uh, we have uh, alien saviors, alien brothers, if you will, that have been guiding humanity, uh, and some will say that created humanity, and their existence is, is going to be announced at some point in the near future. And again, we believe that that announcement is going to come from the, from the Holy See, from the seat of papal power in the Vatican. And uh, we have a number of reasons for believing that. And um, some of our reasons have to do with some of what we uncovered uh, while in Rome, because we actually went to Rome on this on this uh, this the expedition that we completed uh, last year, late last year. And again, we were not planning on going to Rome. It just so happened that that is where we ended up, and uh, we believe that that's the way that God orchestrated this, and He put His finger on the Holy See and and directed our attention to really deal with this issue because I believe um, that this is the most important issue that not only Christians and, 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 and the church is going to face, but also the world at large. Because when they, na when they finally make the announcement that, that, the, that these extraterrestrials are real, that we're not alone, that we haven't been alone, and by the way, the Vatican is very likely going to produce artifacts, uh, documents and artifacts to prove that claim. And when I say documents and artifacts, we're talking about artifacts, documents and artifacts that are hidden away in the vaults and the archives beneath the Vatican, uh, artifacts that relate to the world before the flood of Noah, that fit into a biblical context but are going to be used to push a narrative that is wholly unbiblical. And it's probably going to be, it's probably going to dovetail with, uh, those of you who are familiar with Zechariah Sitchin's work and the Anunnaki and, and Nibiru and that whole, the, the Sumerian mythology. It's going to be something like that, if not exactly that. And, um, one of the really interesting things that we do in our, in, in, in our film, The Unholy Sea, is we, we got the chance to talk with a man who a very very famous man and a very famous Italian man who was personal friends with Zechariah Sitchin and and we learned some things about Zechariah Sitchin that we hadn't known before and I guarantee you uh, that uh, that the audience listening us listening to us tonight probably doesn't know either about Zechariah Sitchin and we Steve and I deal with in this film we deal with the Sumerian mythology. We deal with uh, the the proper understanding. We take it apart and we show you what it really is. And um, I think that uh, people who have been confused 
about ancient astronaut theory, people who have been wondering how Zechariah Sitchin's work fits in um, with the biblical narrative, uh, I'm pretty sure we answer all of those questions in this film. And uh, those are questions that many people have, and our desire, part of our desire when, when making this film was to reach out to the, the, the so-called Sitchins, that very large community that has, that has swallowed hook, line, and sinker the narrative of the ancient Sumerians and the Anunnaki and, and all, of the, uh, all of the mythos of the Sumerians that is connected with it. And we show them why the, we want to show them why the biblical view is better, is truer, is the accurate perspective when looking back into the, in, in, into the time of the Sumerians. And by the way, uh, when we say Sumer, when we talk about the Sumerians, we are talking about Nimrod. We are talking about the Tower of Babel. We're dealing with the first rebellion on the earth after the flood of Noah, because as we know, there was a great rebellion uh, against God before God destroyed the earth in the flood. But there was also a great rebellion after the flood, and that was led by Nimrod, the great rebel, the great reprobate. And we, we break that down, and we show you what that was about, and why it's important to remember what happened at the Tower of Babel, and how all these dots connect. In other words, how the Sumerians and the Tower of Babel and Nimrod and Zechariah Sitchin and aliens and the Vatican, how it all connects to what's about to unfold on the earth. I'll kick it back to you, Steve. I don't know where you want to go from here. Well, I think that it's important that just as Babylon 1 existed with Nimrod and the whole attitude of that which they all agreed to do, that it took the living God in uh, scrambling their language to keep them from doing it at that time. Yeah. Right now, Doug, and we're going under into the time period of genetic Babylon. I called it genetic Armageddon. I call it uh, xenogenesis, but for tonight we'll call it genetic Babylon. And what's critical is this, is the alien tampering with the human race. Now, in our film, we have the actual pilot who flew the dead giant out of Bagram Air Force Base in 2005. We don't show his face because, obviously, uh, Tim and I love him a lot, and we don't want any harm to come to him. But the thing is, it's interesting now, because I've been told that others are picking up on that theme, and the pilot actually said, hey, Steve, one of my critics who went public and said I was full of you-know-what, now is incorporating it through someone else into his. Well, here's the thing, Doug. The greatest uh, difficulty in explaining this to people is, as in the days of Noah, to uh, rebuke one female who has every calling from apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, until I told her, well, she's a lady, so you, she might as well get it right and be called a prophetess. She said, you're taking an obscure passage. Well, this is more than an obscure passage, because the giants were born of the fallen angels' union with earth women. Now, a fallen angel is not a giant. A fallen angel can transform themselves, even in the New Testament stated, as angels of light. They can look normal. And it's my contention that based on what Tim and the film crew were and uh, finding out and who they were interviewing, it's very real. So let's talk about genetic Babylon. The myths and legends of the pre-flood culture are absolutely 
absolutely astonishing in all of this uh, if you will, the records and the illustrative uh, uh, detail that they spend about God's judgment on the pre-Adamic uh, pre race, and this is before Genesis 1, 1 and 1, 2, uh, can be found in Jeremiah chapter 4, was based on the genetic tampering, and that was the golden age. And since Tim brought up uh, the Sumerians, i.e. Nimrod, they had their uh, records that go back, and it's called the Table of Kings, 650,000 years ago. Well, how does someone take the position that there was, you know, nothing before the creation of Adam and Eve, but then you've got Satan being in the Garden of God before the creation of any man. And you've got the fall of Lucifer and the third of angels uh, existing prior to the creation of Adam. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is really a critical thing. God created Adam and Eve in his image, but there was obviously creations that built some of the megalithic structures that Tim has coined cyclopean architecture. There's no human way to engineer it. There's no human way to move it. And, and to those who uh, want to use the square cube law that there can't be giants, they miss the most important point of all. The fact is gravity has changed on the earth, and we're talking about half uh, supernatural life force mixed with human life force, so that whole cube root law does not apply to the giants. Now, here's what's interesting, Doug. When we interviewed the pilot on screen, I think uh, you saw the DVD, so I would recommend everybody uh, in the, in the, who's listening to your audience, especially those of you in Australia and, and New Zealand and Canada and Great Britain and all over the world that speak English, it doesn't matter if even it's your second language, the imagery is so astonishing and remarkable. I won't give out the names of the two individuals that Tim met, but it was a, can I say this, divine appointment. Keep in mind, all along, we did not correspond with Tom Horn outside to say, I've got a film crew in Europe, where they're in Rome, they're in Malta, they're in Sardinia. And uh, he obviously is doing what he's doing. Now, remember this, ladies and gentlemen. God always bears witness, and he always warns the people of what's coming. The scripture, surely the Lord God will do nothing except he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I see so many uh, uh, people on the Internet claiming to be prophets of this, prophets of that. It's easy to say Russia's going to go to war with the United States, thus saith the Lord, but where were they 25 years ago? So why is this important? It's important important for a clear word. And I'm going to give everybody Matthew 22, 25 through 30 to get an understanding because one of the lead criticisms against fallen angels uh, coming to earth and having sex is what Jesus is quoted as saying here, but pay attention and I'll spell it out. Obviously the Pharisees come to Jesus and try and trap him, trick him, whatever. Now there were with us seven brethren. The first when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise the second also, the third unto the seventh. In other words, everybody uh, up to the seventh got the same woman. And at last all, and, excuse me, and last of all the woman died also. Therefore in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. In other words, they all obviously had sex with her. And whatever the production of that that was whether the children from all, I don't know. Now listen to this, and this is where 99% of the Christian population stands guilty. 
Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scripture, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. In heaven, you don't have uh, angels mating with uh, the redeemed saints. But the fallen angels came to earth, producing the demigods, in other words, the mythological uh, uh, entities of history, and all the Greek gods, and all the Roman gods, and all the Babylonian gods, and all the Egyptian gods. And guess what, Doug? The central theme of all that right now is hybridization, taking the human race and genetically altering it. Now, I find it fascinating that, in Dan, I'm going to turn it right back to you, Tim, and let you deal with the architecture. Uh, when we are, we were planning on interviewing, and this just came up miraculously. I mean, the hand, I love the fingerprint of the living God, not the fingerprints of the gods, which is a great title of a book, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, Anselm P. Rumbla, who absolutely, we have the most astonishing interview, and you watch that, correct, Doug? Yes, sir, and, and, and I watched intently that interview. With with, okay. uh, with with that gentleman, and uh, I was I was surprised, not shocked, but surprised at what he disclosed uh, from 1982. What happened from 1982 to 1999? Um, well, I'll just let you go ahead and take it from there. Okay. Well, Tim, let's talk about the Shinkana, and let's talk about the Kodikancha, and let's give people an understanding. There's a reason why, with True Legends, the first episode, we started in Peru. But what's fascinating is the legends. You've even seen guys like Richard Souter talk about the underground tunnels and the underground cave system that pretty much went throughout the whole Earth. In my book, uh, Empire Beneath the Ice, uh, How the Nazis Won World War uh, II, it's it's imperative to understand not only did Hitler believe it, but he improved upon many of the tunnel uh, structures and systems. And by the way, Tim, after you and I were doing our last interview, I was contacted by a fairly old gentleman who said his father, and I think the gentleman was 80, uh, had helped Hitler relocate from Brazil to Peru. To my knowledge, no one has ever said that publicly. And they relocated him to, you ready for this, an underground citadel in Peru. So, Tim, ex explain, if you would, uh, the Shinkana and the Coricancha and just your interview with Anselm Biramba. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, these aren't friends of friends. These are the people that absolutely did the excavations, one of the world's leading archaeologists, and then all of a sudden, the Vatican steps in and and shuts them down. What are they so afraid of? So go ahead, Tim, take it as long as you want it. Well, the Shinkana uh, is a Quechuan word, and Quechuan is the, the native language that uh, the Incas spoke and some other some of the other tribes in, in uh, South America. Um, and it, it literally translates to the place where one gets lost. And to this day, historians and archaeologists claim that the Shinkana is only a legend, that it's only an old wives' tale. Now, what is the Shinkana? The Shinkana is, depending on who you talk to, they give you different explanations. But what we found out was that the Shinkana is a vast underground network of tunnels and caverns and cyclopean architecture 
including full, including entire cities, uh, as Steve just referenced, uh, that were built in the prehistoric past. Now, um, archaeologists, again, they believe, and historians believe this is just a legend, and it's a very, very prevalent legend in Peru, Bolivia, Ecuador, and in just in the, in the Amazon basin in general. And especially in the, uh, not just in the Amazon basin. I should say it's very prevalent in the Andes Mountains among the tribal people, but also extends into the Amazon basin. You'll hear about the Shinkana going into the, going down the Amazon way down into, you know, near into Brazil because it, it's such a, 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 it's such a massive underground system. But again, it's only legend in the eyes of the, of the, uh, of the historians and archaeologists. But the fact is that it's not a legend. It's real. It exists. And it's been proven to exist. And one of the guys that, in fact, the only guy that I'm aware of that was able to scientifically confirm the existence of the Shinkana is a gentleman by the name of Anselm P. Rambla. And, uh, he is, uh, Anselm is a Spanish explorer and researcher. And, uh, he's, he's uh, a well-known guy. He's done all kinds of research all over the world. Um, dealing with uh, megaliths and uh, other uh, ancient mysteries, and he come and, and Anselm does very scientific work. He brings in um, he brings in the right people to do the right jobs. In other words, he brings in uh, people who who, ha who are university trained archaeologists. He brings in uh, uh, the guys that uh, do the uh, gr that operate the ground penetrating radar. He brings the equipment into these areas, and he does a very thorough scientific analysis. In 1982, Anselm P. Rambla was in Cusco studying Sacsayhuaman. Sacsayhuaman's in our film. Many of you have heard of Sacsayhuaman. It's a mile outside of Cusco. It is one of the most impressive uh, uh, megalithic sites on the earth, if not the most impressive. And uh, he was doing a study at Sacsayhuaman, which we'll talk about a little later. Um, but during the course of his investigation at Sacsayhuaman, he decided to, he heard about the Shinkana. Uh, the natives were telling him that the local people and some of the native people were telling him about this legend of the Shinkana because it is connected to Sacsayhuaman. In fact, Sacsayhuaman, and we and we and we show you this in the film. You may be confused now listening to this, but but we clarify it in the film. Sacsayhuaman is actually thought to be the hub of the Shinkana, where all the tunnels converge, and there are various reasons for that. But uh, he decided to go over to a place called the Convent of Santo Domingo. In Cusco, which is, uh, which is a church that is owned and built by the Dominican Order and has, uh, and has belonged to the Holy See and specifically the Dominicans, uh, since the conquest of, um, of, uh, Cusco in the 16th century. And so since, from the time that the, that the Spaniards, uh, that the conquistadors took the city of Cusco, uh, the the church the 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 uh, the Church of Rome has been in control of this very strategic location, and the reason why it's such a strategic location is because the Inca's uh, most important temple was built in this location uh, before the Spaniards raised it to the ground and built their convent of Santo Domingo, and that temple was called the Coricancha. And uh, the Coricancha means golden enclosure, and it means golden enclosure because the inner walls of the entire complex were covered with sheets of gold. In fact, inside 
of the Kodikansha, the complex that the Inca inhabited and built upon, and I say built upon because it had been a holy site for the natives that occupied it before the Incan Empire, before the rise of the Incan Empire. <clears throat> and in fact, we believe that, and, and, and we believe that, uh, uh, there's evidence to show that the Kodikansha was in fact an, a, a, that the, that the base of the Kodikansha, the foundation of the Kodikansha is a pre-flood construction. So of course, anyone who watched our last film understands that uh, subsequent cultures are always building on top of the pre-flood constructions for for various reasons. So, anyways, the Kori Kancha, the most the most uh, holy site of the Inca, uh, covered in gold, sheets of gold. They had a golden an entire garden that was filled with gold and silver, and all kinds of precious uh, precious artifacts. Uh, were within the Coricancha. The Spaniards looted it, but they didn't loot all of it. But because before the Spaniards reached Cusco, the Incan king uh, transported most of the gold, the most precious artifacts from their most holy temple. They transported them underground into the Shinkana. The Inca did not build the Shinkana, but they made use of it. They were aware of it, and they made use of it. Now, let me explain a little bit more about the Shinkana. The Shinkana, again, as I said, is uh, a vast tunnel system. Um, it's what we call in our film the, the ancient equivalent, the antediluvian equivalent of dumbs, deep underground military bases. It's the same kind of a concept. Um, and in, in, it, it connects natural caverns and uh, natural underground caves. It connects those, those caverns and those caves that are naturally occurring with artificially constructed underground structures. And when we say artificially constructed, we're talking about cyclopean architecture uh, under the ground. And so anybody who has any kind of inkling uh, in, in engineering would immediately recognize the problems with a very ancient uh, prehistoric culture building under the ground, and especially building cyclopean walls under the ground, and we're not just talking about small little tunnels. Uh, we're not just talking about, for example, the famous uh, tunnels underneath uh, the city of Jerusalem. We're talking about tunnels, in many cases artificially constructed tunnels, running for hundreds of miles under the earth. Hundreds of miles. We can only do that. We could only achieve that uh, kind of uh, construction uh, after the advent of the Industrial Revolution. So obviously we're dealing with high technology, we're dealing with very sophisticated means of, of building and, uh, and of boring these tunnels, which of course has been lost. That kind of technology has been lost, just like the, the technology for building the megaliths. So the Inca took their gold, their most precious artifacts, hid them in the Shinkana, and sealed the entrance. One of the major main entrances, by the way, the entrances to the Shinkana were kept secret by the Inca. And they were only known to the Inca elite and to the priest class of the Inca. And they were kept secret on pain of death, especially from the Spaniards. And, and, and the Inca, uh, many of the Inca uh, elite uh, were put to death and tortured trying to find out uh, by the Spaniards who were trying to find out the, the, the entryways into the Shinkana. One of the major entryways into the, into, into the Shinkana was beneath the Coricancha, the most uh, important temple of the Inca, which fell into the hands of the Church of Rome. But 
before it fell into the hands of the Church of Rome, the Inca king had it sealed up. And uh, the entrance uh, was not discovered until later on. But it was, in fact, discovered later on. We know that for sure. Uh, because of historical documents and other uh, and other reasons, it was in fact discovered uh, by the uh, by the clergymen, uh, the Dominicans, at some point later on in history, and uh, and we can only imagine what kind of artifacts were extracted, were removed from the Shinkana, and transported to the to the uh, to the Vatican, and this is the M.O. of the Church of Rome when dealing with uh, ancient artifacts, when dealing with um, uh, when dealing with uh, ancient mysteries and secrets such as the Shinkana, it isn't some sort of a, a a scientific declaration. We've discovered that the Shinkana is real, and we're doing an excavation, and we're going to you know open it to the public. No, not at all. In fact, it's the very opposite. When the Vatican get wind gets wind of something like this, they occupy, they strategically occupy those locations, and they build on top of them. And they maintain a presence in these locations to control uh, the artifacts and the knowledge associated with them. And, and, so and Tim, we, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I think oh, that that's you, you know, folks, that that to me as an investigator, I'm, I'm looking at this DVD, and I, again, I've seen many, many documentaries on this subject or related to this subject, and what Mr. Alvarino is talking about here, this network of tunnels, I, you know, in my mind, I rationalize. Well, okay, sure, you've got natural cavernous for, uh, formations. And then you've got entrances to, to various tunnels. But as this film lays out, and as Tim Elberino, Steve Quayle, Tom Horn, others lay out, and specifically Anselm uh, P. Rombla lay out, is the Catholic Church. Now, now just think of it this way. Um, this network of tunnels exists in uh, South America, hundreds of miles. And as you, as you stated, uh, they, they use both the natural formations, but what's unnatural is the... Um, additional uh, construction made with cyclopean masonry techniques that obviously, you know, obviously cannot be done. I mean, even by today's standards would, would be uh, the yeoman's task. But having said all of that, the Catholic Church goes in. For example, l- l- let's say if you folks, if if you've got a uh, entrance to one of these tunnels on your land, um, they'll, they'll plant a church on top of that tunnel. They'll take control over access to that, and, and yeah, and take over the any type of artifact uh, from them. I mean, is, that, that's and that really struck me from an investigative viewpoint as the exact thing I would do if I was trying to control the narrative of history. The control right, the and those who control it, Doug, those who control the narrative of history are predisposed to direct their, if you will, interventionist lies into the final outcome. We always quote the Hegelian dialect. You're watching it in the United States right now. And by the way, for those of you who still don't get it, the United States is undergoing a complete communist revolutionary takeover. And, uh, you know, what we've watched in history, we're now seeing repeated. And for the record, the Vatican is at the heart of it. Look at all of the social gospel that this pope preaches con- uh, continually. Look at all of his anti-Jesus statements. Look at all of his all roads lead to Rome, and in his worldview, all faiths lead to God. 
which is absolutely a complete, uh, how would you say, affront and heresy to what Jesus said when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And what's interesting, Doug, is that, and, and, and here's the thing, Tim was talking about the underground tunnels and he's tracking them. Those went all up, all the way up into the United States, okay? And and some people can't handle that. The United States military did the same thing that the Vatican did. They built their bases on them. Number one, during the Cold War, it made for great uh, fallout shelters. And number two, it controlled history by the fact that within the military, there is a given worldview, and they want everyone to believe in artificial history. Huh, it's interesting, isn't it? Artificial history uh, versus artificial intelligence and the entities that go along with it. So when we were talking about all this stuff and interviewing the different people, Tim, would you go into two when you asked, uh, uh, you know, I, I won't name the guys, but when you asked the gentleman we interview on film, because look, ladies and gentlemen, this film is two and a half hours. And it's fast-moving. Doug, would you say this is a fast-moving film? Yes, extremely fast-moving. And take notes, folks. Please take a lot of notes because it's there's so much information packed in the two and a half hours. You could have easily stretched this out to to five hours, guys. I'm telling you, it's it's that good, and the quality. Um, not that I'm a film buff or, you know, I know what I'm talking about, but it was almost as if I was standing right there next to you in terms of the, uh, you know, the picture quality. Yes. And, and I don't know, Doug, if you've got some of the comments coming in, but, Tim, if you want to, if you've got them handy, I think it's important for you to understand. We're not here just to say, hey, we did a really neat DVD, buy it. We're here to tell you this, that people are being blown away. It's just like this. It's a checker, a jigsaw puzzle. And when you put the shinkana, when you put the korikansha, when you put the places like uh, Sacsayhuaman and, and Ojante Tambo, and by the way, Tim taught me how to speak that, so I'm learning how to speak Spanish, you know, one word well at done. a time, and, and my, whole, my whole vocabulary is now probably 20 words, but the thing <laughs> is, it was interesting, <laughs> maybe that's being too generous, but what's interesting is that when we said all roads lead to Rome, look who made the strongest presence in South America. Look who was there at all the empires. And for the record, we went on in, in True Legends, the, uh, the first episode, talking about all of the Spanish chroniclers and the writers and how big the skulls were and everything. And even today, Doug, you know, they were talking about a jewel-encrusted uh, uh, female oblong skull that's just been found. So the truth is coming out. Now, why is this critical? Because even in South America, in some of these underground tunnel systems, it was imperative that while Anselm P. Rambla was given uh, permission to go ahead and go into the Shinkana, afterwards, the most amazing cover-up took place. Tim, do you want to tell the story of... Uh, yes, I do, because know, I, started, I started to talk about it, then I got off track, okay. and I don't want to leave people okay. hanging. Um, uh, it, it, I mentioned in 1982, Anselm P. Rambla was working at Sacsayhuaman excavating. He went over to the church, the convent of Santo Domingo, which is again the site where the, where the Inca had their Coricancha, their, their famous temple, and where the access to the Shinkana uh, exists. 
and uh, he he was he, he wanted to talk to the head prior. The prior was the, is basically the head priest over over at the of the Dominicans at that uh, convent. And the head prior, uh, he, he talked to the head prior, and, 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 and he mentioned to the head prior uh, that he had heard this legend about this thing called the Shinkana that everybody was telling him about. And he heard that it was a wives' tale, and he wanted to know if the, if the priest, uh, if any of the priests had ever heard of it or know anything about it. And to his surprise, the, 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 the prior, the priest, the head priest of uh, the Dominicans, looked at him and said, It's not a legend. It's true. And he said, if you would like to see it, I'll show you right now. And of course, Anselm Piramla was, was surprised, was shocked by this statement because the implications of the Shinkana are, 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 are unimaginable. I mean, uh, again, we try and give you the scope of what, it, of what we're actually dealing with here when we, when we, it's, it's hard to build things above ground. It's ten times harder to build things below ground, especially, uh, without the kind of tools we have today. So, Anyways, uh, he he went into the into the chapel with with the, with the prior, and, and it was Anselm P. Rommel and a couple of guys from his expeditionary team. And there was a altar sitting over a trap door, and it was very uh, inconspicuous. And so they they slid the altar out of the way. They opened up the trap door, and there were some stairs leading down into a secret crypt. And they went down to the crypt, and it was a crypt built by the Dominicans. Um, and the bones were there of of some important uh, uh, Dominicans from the past, and as they were down in the crypt, Anselm Piramble noticed uh, a wall of of bricks, uh, and it was sort of a a, a wall that was uh, sloppily and hastily built, and uh, with mortar, and but there was a hole in it, and he and he asked the 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 priest if if he could uh, go and 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 look behind the wall, so they took down a couple of bricks. And they flashed their flashlights into this uh, tunnel. It was a tunnel behind the brick wall. And he found that this wasn't just a tunnel, of uh, you know, dirt tunnel. This was a very masterfully crafted tunnel with megalithic cyclopean walls, just like the walls above in the Corte Concha, because there's still some of the ruins of the Corte Concha still exist. We show you them in our film. And he realized at once that... This was the Shinkana. It was real, and he was looking at it. He was flashing his flashlight on the walls, and it was it was it was uh, um, it was uh, very long. He couldn't see the end of it, and he asked the priest, "Is this the Shinkana?" And the priest told him, "Yes, this is the Shinkana. This particular tunnel runs all the way to Sak from beneath to beneath Sakaiwaman." To the fortress of Sakaiwaman, and then uh, it, it, remember I said at Sakaiwaman, beneath Sakaiwaman, it's sort of the hub, and that's where many of the other tunnels converge. So this was one of the tunnels uh, that was uh, connecting to that that primary hub, and and there the priest was admitting uh, to to Anselm that it's not a legend, it's absolutely true, but nobody knows about it. Nobody, it's been kept secret. In fact, he told Anselm. That this has been kept secret. This this secret has been passed down from prior to prior. And again, the prior is the head priest of the Dominicans. It's been passed down, and they don't speak about it to anyone. In fact, Anselm then uh, said to him, "Well, let me go get the rest of my team and our cameras, and we'll take the wall down and we'll film." 
And the priest, uh, and I remember uh, Anselm explaining this to me when I was talking to him, and the priest became very frightened all of a sudden. Anselm told me that he changed immediately. His expression changed. His tone of voice changed. Suddenly, he changed. And, and, it was all, it, it, and I asked Anselm, what, what do you mean he changed? And he said he was scared at the idea, the notion of taking this wall down. And that gives me, there's a couple of things I want to say about that. But, um, but he was scared to take the wall down. He said, no. And he, 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 said, he said, absolutely not. You've already seen too much. I've already shown you too much. I should not have shown you this. This was a mistake. We need to get out of here now. And so, uh, and so he rushed them out of there and w- obviously wouldn't let them take the wall down and rushed them out and kicked them out of the, uh, out of the church and you know, pushed them out the door. Uh, obviously, he had the, the, this priest suddenly came to his senses and, and decided that he had made a grave error in showing Anselm P. Ramla that the Shinkana was real and that the, and that the Dominicans had known about it for centuries and, and have had access to it. Now, they sealed it up. And I find it interesting that they sealed it up because uh, we don't really say this in the film concerning the Shinkana, but we say it concerning some of the underground stuff beneath Malta. This is what uh, we've realized, and what we, of course, we knew before we, we, we went into making this film, is that there are things, there are creatures, entities, still inhabiting the bowels of the earth and accessing these underground tunnels and citadels and cities, and these are very frightening things, and these are very ancient things. And, of course, uh, Steve has said many times that there's hives of giants uh, that are still under the earth, and, and the military knows about these things. If anybody's familiar with, um, with the, again, with the Dumbs, the deep underground military bases, specifically with the story of Phil Schneider. If you're not familiar with Phil Schneider, Google him. Go on YouTube. Check him out. I did an analysis uh, called uh, Dumbs, where I talk extensively about the deep underground military bases, how they came about, how they were used in terms of the modern military use of them. They started with Hitler. And in the modern, the modern one started with Hitler, and uh, it's it's very occultic. It's a very secretive thing. Not just because they're building out of out of mind uh, and out of sight, out of mind beneath our feet, and doing who knows what. We know they're doing genetic experiments down there, but also because when you go under the earth, just like Steve always says, what's below the ground is far more important than what's above the ground. And that goes for the prehistoric stuff. That goes for the antediluvian stuff as well. And beneath um, most of the, if not all, of the major archaeological sites all around the world, the pre-flood sites, the megaliths, there are underground constructions and chambers. And in fact, uh, there, is, uh, there is very likely an ancient underground network of, of cities and tunnels and caverns, some artificial, some uh, which were constructed, I mean, which are some artificial, some natural, uh, that are very ancient and that span the globe. In other words, a global network of underground constructions. And Steve, you mentioned the, the, uh, the Nazis before. Remember what the Nazis were so obsessed with. Hitler and uh, some of the chief officers in the Nazi party were obsessed with this idea of this race called the Vril that supposedly lived under the ground and had an empire, so to speak, under the ground. And in fact, they went to great lengths to try and discover the entryways into this underground world and make contact with these ancient creatures called the Vril. 
And so all of this is interconnected, and that's why uh, the underground, uh, the ancient, these ancient complexes, these megaliths, that's why you're, you're going to find the Catholic Church having a presence there, or, or if not the Catholic Church, you're going to find the military of whatever country, uh, the, usually you'll find a military presence there, just as we discovered in Bolivia with Tiwanaku. And by the way, I know we're coming to the break here, but by the way, Anselm P. Rambla confirmed for us because he also did excavations in Tiwanaku. And for those who saw episode one of our documentary, uh, you're familiar with Tiwanaku. We were in Tiwanaku in episode one and uh, uh, showing you the megaliths and the mysterious things over there. Anselm uh, confirmed to me privately. He said, Tim, what's above ground in Tiwanaku is nothing. He told me, we went in, we excavated, we used ground-penetrating radar. People can't even imagine what's under the ground there. It's what's under the ground in Tiwanaku that is important and that is hidden and that has been kept secret. It, it absolutely confirming uh, uh, our hypothesis uh, in the first film concerning that location. You know, Tim and, and Steve, for anyone listening to this and saying, oh, that that can't be, you know, you can't have an underground civilization, the world would know about it. You know, how many people who are listening to this broadcast, and I'm speaking to, to those people who, who may mock that idea, um, how many people have been listening to this broadcast have been to Las Vegas? As you're walking across the Strip or walking um, uh, anywhere downtown or, or even toward the desert, folks, there are hundreds of miles of underground tunnels, a lot of it's sewage, a lot of it uh, runoff, a lot of it for uh, water control. And at any given day, there are thousands of people who live down there and they actually have um, a caste system or even a, a system of, of their own little government in some of the areas and most people walking you know to the to the uh, golden nugget have no clue of the existence of the civilization. Now, I know that that may seem a little bit out of place here. However, you know, don't mock what you don't understand. So I just wanted to mention that. Go ahead, Steve. Well, first of all, when we come back from the break, I'll go into about 10 of the most amazing underground cities. But just so people can go on in their own understanding, you know, while we're on the break, they can go to Cappadocia, Turkey, C-A-P-P-A-D-O-C-I-A, Turkey. They can absolutely go to Kish, K-I-S-H, Iran. I could say something, you know, pretty soon they're going to have to kish everything goodbye, but I can resist. The salt mines in Poland, but we're talking about fantastic. Fantastic cities that already exist. And now when we're talking about Cyclopean architecture and the advanced uh, ability to carve out stone and even liquefy and stuff, I, I, I want people to understand, whether you believe it or not, doesn't change history. The people changing history have changes so you would never come to the knowledge of the truth. We come back in the next hour, we'll get into the knowledge of the truth. Right on. And, and folks, this, this DVD, this video will not disappoint i guarantee you you'll never ever look at the history the same way again tim elverino steve quayle gen 6 productions gonna be right back stay with us this is the global star radio network 
you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Secret knowledge is the most precious commodity on Earth. In this case, maybe below Earth. Again, secret knowledge is the most precious commodity on Earth. It is the currency of the occult and the Luciferian elite. Steve Quayle from the documentary True Legends, The Unholy Sea. And, and indeed, all roads do lead to Rome. We are talking with two incredible people, Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com, Timothy Alberino, who is the director-writer for Gen 6 Productions and the film True Legends, Unholy Sea. And before we get back to Mr. Squale and uh, Alberino, I want to mention that you know when we're when I'm doing research like this, or when I'm reading, for example, True Legends, the book, or looking at different, oh, uh, well, doing whatever I'm doing, I need mental focus, I need mental clarity, and I found that music, one of life's greatest pleasures, also is one of life's greatest tools. It's got tremendous power, the power to bring you know a tear to one's eye, or to quiet a racing mind. Music has also also has the power to heal. It's been used through the ages to treat depression, to create energy, to help help one sleep. Now, I'm not talking about anything new age here. I'm talking about music. And we, we, we've talked about frequencies and, and, and what have you. This is what we're referring to. And now, musician and author Michael Terrell has created Whole Tones, which... which in, in the healing frequency music projects, these frequencies were studied in the uh, in the music of King David and believed to have astounding healing effects. In fact, some of these uh, are played at uh, various various hospitals, and I know uh, they're being played at uh, daycare centers. Actually, uh, and the benefits are astounding. Now you can benefit from this revitalized ancient healing music therapy simply by listening to this music in the comfort of your own home, car, or office. You know, it's it, it's really it's the dog days of summer right now. 
you know, reward yourself, cool yourself off with the gift of healing and transformation. Don't miss this opportunity to get absolutely free sample of this music so that you can begin benefiting right away. Support this show, folks, and go to WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. That's W-H-O-L-E, ToneslLive.com. Get a free sample of these soothing, relaxing, revitalizing musical uh, tones and compositions. It's fantastic. Go to the URL, WholeTonesLive.com, today for your free sample. Download and order your complete set. You won't be sorry. And again, we're talking with uh, Mr. Steve Quayle from SteveQuayle.com and Mr. Timothy Alperino. Folks, the subject matter tonight, True Legends on Holy See. I watched this uh, this video. It's it's two ways to watch it. You can order the Blu-ray disc DVD. Go to stevequill.com. Click on the True Legends there. It'll take you to the ordering ordering process for the actual DVD. That's my personal choice, by the way. My my uh, uh, favorite way of watching it because I've got it in hand. But the quicker quicker way, if you want to watch it tonight, and I urge everyone to do so. It's available on on Vimeo. It's uh, unlimited online streaming. To explain that, I'm going to first turn this over to uh, Tim Alberino. Mr. Alberino, can you explain how people tonight, as soon as they get done with this program, they can watch what we're talking about? Well, we do have three formats for the film, as you mentioned. We have the the hard copy, DVD, and Blu-ray. And I would encourage people uh, who like to watch Blu-rays, buy the Blu-ray for this video because... Uh, we upgraded our cameras. We put a lot of effort into making this thing look great. And uh, the best version of our film is the is the Blu-ray version. And that is available uh, on Steve's website. By the way, you can go to truelegendstheseries.com and you'll see all three um, formats for our film. And uh, you can quickly access any format, any of the three formats for our film from, from truelegendstheseries.com and also from Steve Quayle's uh, webpage. After you watch our Vimeo trailer, uh, you'll have the option to purchase uh, the, um, the unlimited online streaming. Now, for those who don't know, unlimited online streaming isn't a one-time rental. You purchase the streaming uh, format of our film, and as long as our film is on Vimeo, you can watch it as many times as you want on various devices. You can watch it on your... On your, on your laptop or on your tablet or on your phone or on your computer or for those of you who have uh, Apple TV or Roku, you can watch it on your TV. So it, this is a, a, a really uh, unique offer that we have this time. Uh, unlimited online streaming, $14.99 on Vimeo. And again, it's not a one-time rental. It's as many times as you want to watch a film. So you can watch the film, buy the film on Vimeo tonight watch it yourself, and then tomorrow invite friends over and watch it again and, and repeat that as many times as you want for, for to, you know, purchasing it, purchasing it one time uh, on yes. Vimeo. It, it's and, not and a you digital will, download. It's not a digital download. It's not a rental. It is online, unlimited online streaming. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, you will want to watch it more than one time, I guarantee you. It's, it's that good, that information pack. Now, Steve, if I can ask you this. As I was watching the, the video, um, I, I, I saw Tom Horn in there. I saw Chris Putnam. I, I would listen to them. Uh, all of the interviews you had done and, or Mr. Albrino has, had done and all of your comments. You know, I, I, I was thinking about this with all of the overlap of, well, with what I was watching, I, I couldn't help but be, but believe 
that there is a divine hand here because so many dots are being connected through Tim Albarino's work and your work and Tom Horn's work. Uh, are we seeing right now the fulfillment of Scripture that, that all will be revealed in the end times? Is that what we're seeing here? Well, absolutely, Doug, and I think it's critical to understand that talking about a symphony, the Lord God of Heaven is the quintessential conductor, and He puts His his musicians, if you will, his people into places where they never thought they'd go. And I'll tell something interesting about Tim, and someday you got to get him to share his testimony. I know he's going to do a book. But Tim's testimony of his supernatural encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ at 19 years old is mind-blowing, okay? And I, I won't say anything more than that, but he set out to have an encounter with the living God, and, and before he had his living encounter with the living God, the devil literally tried to destroy him, came to him as a voice that sounded so good, but that's Tim's story to tell. Tom's story to tell is he was dead for 17 minutes, and God showed him things that would happen, but then Tom said, let me remember, and God said, you'll not remember. But as he's coming into the times where now hidden from us, and, and my encounter with the Lord was supernatural, and look, I my calling isn't God, but God brought Tim across my path, because one of my concerns, I told Tom Horn this too, you know, we're not spring chickens, and by the grace of God, we're not dead ducks, but the point is, is that, you know, the scripture says we've got to commit that which we've learned into faithful hands. So what what I think has been extraordinary is the thing that we're so uh, concerned with, both Tim and I, is the deception that's going to come. It is absolutely upon us. Now, forgive me, I want to restate what I said. The deception that is now upon us is no longer future tense. Let me make this clear. The reason why this, in my opinion, I'm sure Tim shares it and you've already stated it, is the most important DVD we've done up until this point is because it's bringing into context with visuals and interviews the plan to deceive the whole human race. And Jesus said if the days weren't shortened, even the elect would be deceived. Now here's the deal. You brought up, Doug, that we go into the alien connection. When And I'll let Tim address uh, one of our interviews, uh, or the interviewees in Rome, but Tom Horn makes a statement on this DVD that I've, I've asked him to speak to on the radio, that when they went, both Chris Putnam and Tom Horn, went to Mount Graham to the Lucifer Telescope, the Large, large binocular telescope, but that's not the Lucifer. The Lucifer is a device that looks in the infrared spectrum. And again, the reason this is critical is, and it's an acronym, you know, basically, but the point is of anything they could have stated or anything they could have called it, they chose the acronym LUCIFER. The reason why giants, fallen angels, hybrids, you know, I can remember when I first talked on Coast to Coast about hybridization human race, uh, genetic alteration, genetic manipulation, the end of mankind, cyborgs, transhumanism, singularity, uh, Bill Joy, I quoted his uh, uh, masterpiece essay, why the 
future doesn't need us anymore, build joy. And you put all that stuff into different books. And by the way, my first book, you know, if people are having a hard time uh, grasping this, the very first book I put out on this whole subject matter was called Aliens and Fallen Angels, The Sexual Corruption of the Human Race. Look where we're at now. We are with, we are in the most expressed, uh, uh, I would call it this, profane and public expression of, of everything that's been carnal, the black arts, the uh, sexual arts, and make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen, in the compromising of the globalist leaders, they always do everything backwards. Instead of the natural relations with a woman, they basically, uh, how do I say this, sexually compromise each other, I'm talking males, in order to basically even tear down that boundary of a man and a woman. That's as tactful as I know how to be. The thing is, is that we are at a point in history now where why this matters, because as the Genesis truth of Genesis 6, you know, verses 4, the book of Jude, the angels that kept not their first estate, we're not talking about angels in heaven having sex. I want to make that clear. I'm going to say that three times. We're not talking about angels in heaven having sex. We're talking about angels that left heaven in the rebellion with Lucifer, one-third of the angels. I don't know how many that is, but the point is it was enough. The first 200 angels that had sex with earth women on Mount Hermon, God bound in everlasting chains of darkness. But after the flood of Noah, then there was a second incursion of fallen angels. And now, after all of these years and people playing with stargates and CERN and parallel universes and tearing, about the, tearing apart the very fabric of creation, the gates of hell have opened. Uh, Doug, I guarantee you until Tom Horn brought that revelation out probably, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago uh, about the gates of hell. Most of Christianity, I'd say 99.99% of the Christians, never understood what the gates of hell prevailing would even have uh, any meaning to, okay? Yet a gate keeps something out or allows something through. When Tim was talking about the Shinkana, and where it came out at Sasquamon. Uh, the thing is, is that that's also where the Temple of the Sun and, and in the vicinity, and also where a known Stargate is. And if you guys want to read something about even the Stargates in the United States, and, and again, Tim made a powerful statement. Every time I've interviewed intelligence agencies or uh, multi-star generals from black ops that you don't even know their field exists, they always talk about it's not what's above the ground, but underneath the ground. A good in introduction of this, and most people don't know this, Turkey, every single... Uh, a church that's pretty much mentioned in the book of Revelation uh, is located in Turkey. And if people want to go look this up, Nemrut, N-E-M-R-U-T, some people pronounce it Nemrut, Dog, D-A-G-H. Nemrut Dog is where the seven kings or the seven giant sages ruled the world from. There are 200 underground cities. It's the same thing, uh, the, the, the normal-sized people, the descendants of Adam and Eve, had to 
flee into those underground cities in order to avoid being eaten. It's not just because they were uh, fleeing the uh, Muslims. That was, you know, we're talking a thousand, two thousand years before the Muslims came even into uh, uh, prominence, you know. There's a place called Daring Kuyu, Turkey, okay? And uh, there's that's the largest, and uh, I would say this, uh, city in the, what's called the Nefsahir, and I may be pronouncing that wrong province, but it's obvious that by the size of this stuff, it's totally different than the size of the tunnels that Tim's talking about. By the way, most people don't know this, but Kansas, they, they still don't know that uh, who built the underground city in Kansas in the Fort Leavenworth area, and they say it's under, you know, that it was under um, the slaves, etc. Uh-uh. All the people in history that would identify these structures would use them to their benefit. Let me give you another example. The Chiricahua, Apaches, and Arizona, and some of the other tribes of the uh, uh, Apache in Arizona would make use of the labyrinth of tunnels to evade the U.S. cavalry. So what was fascinating to me is when I started studying every military base, and when I say every, forgive me, I didn't do all 200, but of the, let's say, 80 to 100 I would study, they would all be on one of two things, a ley line where there is extreme magnetic interaction, or they would be on legendary tunnels. Now, the reason the narrative, I'm going to give it right back to Tim, the reason why this is so critical is simply this. They, at some point, the Vatican, and, and remember, Doug, when God is dead and the whole idea of atheism and, and if you will, scientificism, uh, or scientificism, scientificism, I think is a better way to say it, and everything, they wanted to prove that God didn't exist. Now, look at the transition in the movie, and I recommend people go on this, pray about it first, but in the movie Childhood's End, I think it's on Netflix, again, by Arthur C. Clarke, the very way the aliens are depicted is the same way that Tom Horn's interview with the Vatican astronomers, these are multiple PhDs, these are some of the smartest men in the world, claiming that their God is coming back, and he looks like something out of a gargoyle movie. As a matter of fact, I just got an email, Tim. You've been gone, so I don't. I haven't even had a chance to share this, this with you. But the gargoyle, and I want to be kind of vague here, Tim, so I don't give this away. But I want you to validate it. Did you not see an illustration of a gargoyle-like creature that was provided to me by a very high-ranking military officer? It was in sketch form. I did. Am I? You did indeed. And the deal is, Doug, it's beyond most people's comprehension. It's kind of like the old movie, I think Dennis Quaid was in it, called Enemy Mine, where enemy, M-I-N-E, mine, uh, I think he gets uh, put on Mars. It's kind of like Robinson Crusoe on Mars or crashes there. And then there's this ugly alien, and the alien says, you are very ugly. Well, here's the thing. It's going to take a transformation in thinking and mind control to embrace the aliens. I'm going on record. I think I've said this on your show. Correct me if I'm wrong. But the whole purpose in gun control isn't just because they're worried about crime. They're worried about when their buddies, the aliens, show up. Some of us are going to go wild and say, time to drop an alien. I'm not kidding when I say that. 
So knowing that, that the tunnels exist, knowing that the Inca, the Maya, the Aztec, working from, uh, obviously, Peru up the coast, they all came into structures that they claim were built by giants. Now, those people that poo-poo this and every bone that's ever been found, whether it's in Malta, Sardinia, uh, they all end up in Rome. And, Tim, go ahead and take it from there, because here's what we've got to take you to tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're following the root of evil so you can see the fruit of evil and start to pray about this stuff because Jesus said men's hearts are going to fail them for fear for looking after those things or watching those things coming up on the earth. And my goal in life, and I believe it's my calling and by the grace of God to the degree I've been obedient, I've tried to be faithful, that's God's determination, not mine. But the point is, is that there's a reason for all this stuff. This isn't, if you will, War of the Worlds, and I'm not Orson Welles, and Tim is not Tim Wells, okay? Uh, this isn't Doug Hagman and Joe Hagman just trying to talk about spooky stuff on the radio. When you talk, even today, Tim, just to put this into context, Doug, I don't know if you saw it, but NASA, or, uh, yeah, NASA killed another feed of an alien craft around the space, uh, sh- uh, space yep. uh, uh, yep. you saw that, right? Yep. yep. Space, what do you call that deal? I, I, I'm tongue-tied. International Space Station. Thank you so much. So, how is it that Timothy Alberino is in Peru, then basically Bolivia, then basically we go to uh, Rome, uh, but before that, Sardinia. The Sardinia basically has an island called uh, the Island of the Giants, so does Malta. They're dealing with Cyclops, who are the biggest giants in antiquity. Then you've got the stories that are coming out of Cyclopean skulls being found throughout the desert southwest. The horned cyclops coming from Indonesia, if, if Doug, you as an investigator, if you had a thousand pieces of evidence and someone said, I don't believe it, it would be to the judge and jury to decide, number one, there's enough evidence, isn't there a probable cause? So oh, when you control yeah. the narrative, here's the narrative. God of heaven, who sent Jesus Christ, the king of glory, the creator under God's uh, uh, command in, the, uh, in Colossians 1, 16 and 17, the scripture says, through him, Jesus, by him, Jesus, do all things consist that exist, okay? And when Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am, well, that just basically upset the religious people of his day. You know, so the religious people who have the hardest time with this ask them a simple question. What happens if these guys are right? And why has this historic cover up been so uh, controlled until now when the entire shift, it's a quantum shift, okay? It's a quantum shift away from the inerrancy of the Word of God. And now you've got people, the Mandela effect, everyone saying, well, God didn't mean what meant or they're changing. Uh, let me share this. The tra- uh, issues of translation are are paramount, and that's why you can look at the different translations. Sure, in Isaiah at the beginning it says the lion will lay down with the wolf, but later on it talks about the lion laying down with the lamb. I'm only saying 
gap because Jesus said in the opening scripture, you do err, not knowing the power of God. The kingdom of God is yet to be preached in the world. It was during the Acts of the Apostles. It has been through revival. But it's yet to be seen in the great harvest because you cannot separate the supernatural power of God from the kingdom of God. Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, that means the kingdom of God has come to you this day. So uh, if I cast out demons by the uh, 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 yeah, finger of God, that means the kingdom of God has come to you this day. So when Paul said, I don't preach with the enticing words of man's wisdom. So now Tim is laying this out. And Tim, if you would, jump to the people interviewed. And I don't think most people maybe who are Christians understand that concurrent with the creation narrative of those of us who believe in the errancy of the word of God and who have studied the Genesis account, get the other track that's running that will sidetrack everybody and get them to believe through television commercials and get them to believe through mind control, uh, RF, whatever, that basically God is a fantasy and the aliens are reality. Go ahead and take it and share how you, uh, you know, were led to that, even literally to the Rome and literally to the Jesuit headquarters in Rome, wee hours of the morning, and how amazing that was. Go ahead and just take your time, okay? Okay. Well, let me uh, pick up on something that uh, you were saying that really got the, the wheels in my brain turning, which is, uh, again, the idea that uh, these ancient underground complexes and tunnels have existed uh, since prehistoric times and possibly since pre-Adamic times. And um, it's interesting that many of the, uh, of the UFOs uh, that people see, especially military personnel, Navy personnel, uh, see... Uh, go under the under the water and descend into underground bases or undersea bases, uh, and uh, even the Apache. Uh, you mentioned the Apache using utilizing this this underground network uh, that they didn't build, but they certainly utilized, just like the Inca were encountering strange things under the ground, and even the uh, the military that was chasing them into these caves were encountering strange things under the ground, including saucers and uh, gray alien beings and so there's the, the, we have to understand that the, that this the ancient that the the alien question is intrinsically intrinsically linked to the prehistoric past to the pre-flood world and in some and to some degree to the pre-adamic world so uh when when i'm thinking about you know the the ancients such as the inca going down into these tunnel systems, discovering them, as they did in Cusco, along with the megalithic constructions on the surface, going down into these tunnel systems, uh, it's very likely that they were encountering entities down there that had influence on their cultures. And that would make a lot of sense when you take a look at how bloodthirsty and, frankly, demonic many of these ancient cultures were. Uh, and so there's a direct link there. And uh, obviously, for those of you who've done any research into ufology, uh, you know, or at least you're aware of the idea that the military has actually been working in conjunction uh, in some of the underground bases with non-human entities, and that some of the bases are known to be fully operated by non-human entities, um, and that the uh, and that certain elements within the U.S. government, uh, the black elements within the government, 
are well aware of this fact. And again, mentioning Phil Schneider, um, some of you are familiar with the Dulce Wars and what happened to Phil Schneider beneath the earth. Uh, so this is a very, this isn't just some sidetrack thing that, uh, uh, that me and Steve are stuck on here. This is essential. I mean, this is, this is essential for, for unpacking the lie that's coming in the future. And Steve, you just mentioned it with the, the gentleman that I, that I met in, uh, in, um, in Rome. His name is Gian Mario Ferramonti, very famous guy, very famous entrepreneur. And uh, we also met with a man named Leo Zagami, who is a very controversial character. We knew that going into the meeting with him. But uh, we felt like it was being orchestrated because it was being divinely orchestrated because we had not planned to do that. And, and Leo didn't know who we were, neither did uh, Gian Mario. In fact, I didn't even know that Gian Mario was going to be present in the meeting uh, that we had with Leo. Uh, which ironically is right in front of the American embassy in Rome. And, um, and so we had this very interesting talk with these two gentlemen. Leo is a, is a, whatever you think of Leo Zagami, of course he's, he's dabbled in the occult and he comes from an illuminist background. We're well aware of that fact. Um, uh, we're not claiming that everybody in our films or everybody we talk to are believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're out for the information. We're trying to prepare people to gather the information, to find the people who know things, and then uh, to explain what's happening and to help prepare people for what's coming. So we go where, where our sources lead and where we can find the information. Uh, Leo Zagami is, uh, has made many predictions concerning the Holy See that have turned out to be accurate. In fact, he was one of the guys, along with Tom Horn, uh, he doesn't know Tom, Tom doesn't know him, that predicted uh, that uh, Pope Benedict was going to step down uh, when he did. So um, he's very knowledgeable uh, about affairs at the Vatican. In fact, it was because of Leo that we were able to walk into the headquarters of the Jesuits and film. Um, and that's a long story, I won't go into that. But uh, the the... What happened was I was planning on uh, talking with Leo concerning uh, s concerning mainly focusing on the, the the alleged artifacts and documents that the that that are buried beneath the Vatican, not buried but are concealed in the underground vaults beneath the Vatican. And instantly, uh, our conversation, along with John Mario Ferramonti, our conversation instantly uh, went to the aliens and uh, the preparation that the Vatican is making for the arrival of alien saviors. And again, neither of these gentlemen know about, they didn't know me, they don't know Steve Quayle, and they didn't know Tom Horn. And here they are talking to me about the Vatican preparing for alien saviors and also mentioning Mount Graham. So obviously, uh, we, were, um, we were on the right track without even really knowing where we were headed uh, with this film, that it was actually going to end up centering around uh, the Vatican's preparation for the arrival of alien saviors. And let me explain something uh, concerning the Vatican. The Vatican is a multifaceted institution. There are many different um, organizations within what we call the Vatican or the Holy See or the Church of Rome. Many uh, multitudes of organizations, and they're all vying for power uh, in Rome. And some of those groups are actually splinter groups. Uh, at this point in time, the Jesuits, who, which have taken control very visibly, because um, Pope Francis is himself a Jesuit, um, the Jesuits were actually a, a splintering away from 
uh, from Rome, from the power of the Pope, uh, and have been for many years, since the 50s and 60s. And so uh, there's something very interesting happening right now at the Vatican on a geopolitical level, and that is that the, the, the traditional uh, manifestation of the Church of Rome is, at this present moment, being dissolved. And it's being dissolved. It's being, um, it's being, what's the word? Uh, uh, I think the word is emulated. It's being burnt. It's being destroyed. Uh, so that something new can arise from its ashes. And the Jesuits are leading, um, are the leading force behind that process and have been for many years. And so there is the, the, the Vatican and the, and the Church of Rome as you have known it is no longer going to exist. And it is in a process of transformation. Again, like the phoenix, it's being destroyed. It's, 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 it's burning down to ashes. And in fact, Tom Horn predicts quite literally, he just made this astounding prediction in his new book, him and uh, Chris Putnam, that the Vatican is in fact going to be destroyed. So it's amazing how uh, what Steve and I are doing is, is, is running in correlation with what Tom and Chris are doing without even communicating with each other. And, 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 and it's like they put a piece of the puzzle in place and then here we come with another piece of the puzzle that we didn't even think we were going to be doing, but here we are. And so, and so we have this situation now where the Church of Rome, again, the traditional Roman Catholic Church is being, uh, it's being taken apart brick by brick, uh, metaphorically speaking, in order to construct a new universal religion. And the Jesuits are leading, uh, they're at the helm in the deconstruction of traditional Roman Catholicism. Now, why is that important and what does it have to do with aliens? Well, it's important because they are literally beginning to prepare the world. First, they have to prepare the world in terms of, a, 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 in ecumenical terms. And when I say in ecumenical terms, I mean they have to bring the different religions together. There's obviously an interfaith movement that really, really got going powerfully under John Paul II, but as it is, it's taking, it's really uh, at high speed now uh, under Francis, Pope Francis, who is working feverishly to bring together the religions of the world. But even more importantly for us, he's working behind the scenes to also, as a component of that, bring together the Christian factions of the world, especially the Protestants, bring them back into the fold, so to speak, to prepare the earth for the new religion that's coming. And this new religion isn't just going to be cherry-picking the best of each, of each uh, uh, religion that already exists. It's going to be based on a new understanding of humanity, based on disclosure based on the revelation that we're not alone, that extraterrestrials, so-called extraterrestrials, have been interacting with us for, for thousands of years, that the Vatican has known about it for hundreds of years, and in fact, has already been in contact with these entities. And their disclosure is going to set off, uh, I think, uh, a lot of other smaller disclosures that are going to come forth from different countries that have been, that of course have their dossiers on the alien question, including the United States. And we know that Russia has already threatened to release some information concerning the alien question 
to force the hand of the U.S. government to follow suit. So we're very, very close to this, but, but, but Steve and I believe, and I think also Tom and Chris believe, that the major announcement is going to come from Rome, is going to come from the seat of the Vicar of Christ, uh, of, of uh, you know, from the mouth of the Pope, in other words. So, so there is. So we have to understand that right now, and and this very summer, uh, there's an ecumenical movement within the Protestant churches uh, that they're trying to again amalgamate all of the churches together under the banner of the Church of Rome. And of course, you're not going to hear it like me and Steve are saying it, but that's the bottom line. That's what they're doing. And it's a very, very delusive and dangerous thing uh, to get in bed with Rome, especially with this Jesuit uh, Pope. And this is not just some happenstance thing. This is the culmination of hundreds of years of the occult working from behind the scenes and the mystery schools, working towards what Steve just uh, mentioned a little while ago in the last hour, the resurrection of the Golden Age, another Tower of Babel moment on the earth. So again, we're not just dealing with um, different faiths coming together uh, and reconciling their differences. We are talking about new revelations concerning aliens. And, and, and I believe, and I know Steve believes, that it's, they're going to, to very cunningly uh, change the gospel in a way that is going to deceive many Christians. And uh, I believe that they're going to claim that Jesus uh, was, in, in, in no uncertain terms, an extraterrestrial. And, it's, and people, would, of course, would laugh and say, oh, who would believe that? And that's never going to happen. Yes, it is. Because what you're discounting, for our critics out there, you're discounting the power and the momentum and the game changer of disclosure. It is going to be a game changer unlike anything else. In other words, when the Pope of Rome, we believe it's going to be the Pope, announces that we're not alone and we haven't been alone, aliens exist, and, uh, and they've known about it for centuries, and they're intimately involved. They've been intimately involved with humanity and blah, blah, blah. They're going to also produce, as I said earlier, documents and artifacts, ancient artifacts, to support that claim. And uh, it's going to be very reminiscent of the of Zechariah Sitchin's work with the Anunnaki and the ancient Sumerian cylinder seals. And what we're going to get is we're going to get a narrative that has been carefully crafted again for for hundreds of years. And I believe we're living in the time when it's going to be unleashed on the earth. And and I know that, and, and the reason why I believe that is be, we believe that is because we're watching the pieces fall into place. And in order for that to happen, there has to be uh, a breakdown of the, the traditional Catholicism and also of the other religions, by the way, in order to make room for this new understanding of what it is uh, to be a person of faith, and, uh, of course, adding into the equation this very important component, uh, the, the alien compo component. Now, I always say this, and it's, and it's something I always say because it is so important for people to grasp. Deception is not 
merely an untruth. It is not merely a lie. It is a delusive power. It is a, it is a, a mind controlling force. It's not just an untruth. So don't think that, oh, they're going to tell us, you know, this bogus, uh, untruth. It's not just an untruth. It is a power. It is a force, uh, that is going to be released on the earth. And where, and when the time comes, and, and, and as Steve mentioned, CERN and everything else that they're doing, they are preparing the masses for this deception and have been for a long time. And so we're blowing the trumpet. And, uh, and, uh, and again, we believe that the hub, the center of this activity is in Rome, but get ready for the dissolving of traditional Roman Catholicism. It's already happening. Get ready at the same time, more importantly, for the dissolving of traditional Protestantism. And for those of you who don't know what Protestantism means, it began with Martin Luther, who protested against the Catholic Church, and he had, you know, his, I think it was 98 uh, points um, that he nailed up to the church door, and he began a protest against Roman Catholicism. And he believed that we ought, that our authority ought to be the Bible, and not the Pope of Rome, and a host of other things. And so that protest launched the the Protestant Reformation and and broke us away in terms of, uh, of believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ, broke us away from the shackles, broke us free from the shackles of the Church of Rome and from the dominance uh, of, this, of this church, which is not a church, it's a harlot, it's a false church, and has been since its inception. And we talk about that in our film too. And again, this isn't a shot at Catholics, but we're dealing with the institution, the root of this evil. And so, get, again, as I said, it's the, dissol it's the, it's the dissolving uh, of traditional Protestantism, traditional Catholicism, so that something new can be constructed in its place. And it is that something new that we're warning people about because it is coming, it's already happening, and it's ex it, the, the pace is even now accelerating. So while I was there talking to Leo uh, Zagami, talking to John Mario Ferramonti, all of this was being confirmed to me and uh, uh, talking to these guys. And um, I, remember, we already have two popes. I want everybody to remember that. We already have two living popes. There are two. There is Benedict, who is retired, although you can't really retire as a pope. It doesn't exist. Retirement as a pope is, is something that doesn't, just doesn't happen. Uh, uh, so we have, essentially, we have two vicars of Christ alive right now. And that's a very important thing for people to understand. Because this Jesuit pope is going to dissolve the papacy uh, as we have known it. And, and he's making way, I think there's, and, and Leo Zagami uh, uh, told me, and I think he's right, they're, they're going to create a council of popes. And I also believe Tom's right and Chris Putnam in their prediction that uh, there very well may be uh, some sort of event, maybe inst instigated by ISIS, that is going to cause the destruction, uh, maybe the very physical destruction of the Vatican, so that um, something else can rise from the ashes. Remember, it's, it, is, uh, it is the prerogative of the ruling elite 
to build something new on the ashes of the destroyed, the destruction of the old, uh, to bring forth um, the a, a new world order, a new world religion, and a new understanding. Uh, and this is the dangerous part: a new understanding of the gospel by tearing apart the traditional understanding of the gospel. And uh, and this is a very, I mean, this is a deadly dangerous thing that we're talking about and why our film is so important and why the work that Tom and Chris is doing is so important and uh, it, it, again this, this isn't just to sell DVDs we are blowing a trumpet and uh, and I'm, and we have a lot of people who are very unhappy with us a lot of very powerful people who are not very happy with us for doing it so uh, Joe I mean uh, uh, Doug and, and Steve I'll kick it back to you guys yeah, and Steve, as I watched this video, just from an investigative perspective only, and from someone not as knowledgeable as you and Tim in this in this subject, the the big thing I took away from this is this video contains information that exposes that very deception that Tim was talking about. It, ex it, it exposes the people and, and, and the building blocks, quite literally the building blocks of the deception. And I just wanted to throw that in there. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I think that, Doug, that's the basis of it. Now, I want to share something. To my knowledge, no pope has ever uh, disavowed, denigrated, spoken evil, slandered, maligned the Lord Jesus Christ more than the contemporary one. You cannot be the vicar of that who you deny. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father which is in heaven. I want to take everybody to Genesis 3, 1 through 6, and I'll read it and then I'll comment, because this is where we're at. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot watch the Drudge Report on a daily basis and not get the one central theme of a modern uh, man's quest to rebuild Babylon, what I'm calling tonight genetic Babylon, using the manipulation of God-created DNA in order to manipulate that DNA to do away with mankind. If there's anything that we want you to come away with is a myths and legends are not just fairy tales. By the way, even the fairy tales aren't fairy tales, but that's another story for another interview. But the point is, is that, for God doth know in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall see as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, here's the deal. There's a reason. I have an Apple computer. We edit our, our DVDs on Apple computer. Most of you have iPhones or iPads or iMacs or I, 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 I. But look at the very symbol of Apple. What is it? It's an Apple with a bite taken out of it. You know what the price of the first Apple computer was, Doug? 
$666. Well done, sir. $666. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when I write, and, and please, understand that when Tim is in the middle of some strange place in the world, and all of the spirals indicating stargates, and all of the transmutagenic creatures that most people are just thinking are just, well, that's just, you know, the depiction of this, depiction of that. Well, somebody sent me an email the other day, Doug, and I said, absolutely. Are the gods of the Egyptians with their half-human, half-animal uh, uh, likenesses, are those real? I said, absolutely, they were. And here's the reason I can make that statement. We are not at the mercy of the skeptic. No one can tell Tim Alberino he didn't uh, encounter the living, risen Jesus Christ in the jungles, actually in the, uh, you know, Ecuadorian jungle. And nor can they tell me I didn't see Jesus when I was thrown at his face and he lifted me up and I looked into his eyes and he forgave my sinner. I went into that situation just simply knowing nothing came up. Absolutely forgiven and loved where I had never known love. Knew a lot of lust. Went to film school to uh, pursue that. I'll leave it at that. And God ransomed me out of that. Tom Horn absolutely dies and his, his lovely wife, Nita, by the way, she's a lovely lady. I mean, she is a lovely lady. Tim and I have been in their home. Those people, I mean, they're just amazing people. End of story. They're amazing. But the point is, they, they live in the world of hospitality. But when you get this stuff going on, here's the key. The idea is that man is going to live forever because most people don't even want to name the name of Jesus Church. And by the way, Tim and I and Gary Haven will be on, I think, Jim Baker's show starting this Friday, maybe into Monday, Tuesday. And we were talking about this stuff. And and it was really hard to watch people. Their minds were uh, basically, you know, if you look at gears, boy, were gears turning. Now, there are a lot of people that listen to us on radio. And by the way, Doug, a lot of people came out and said, we, we listened to you on Hagman and Hagman. So, I mean, your, your radio show, which the Lord has raised up, is very well known. But getting back to the genetic issue, I say this that you cannot understand Genesis 3, 1 through 6, and Tom says the same thing about Genesis 6. If you miss it, you miss history. If you deny it, you miss what's going to play out before your eyes. If you understand it, you're not going to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. And I would say this, based on, and, and this is no threat, based on what we're hearing is going to come this week, starting based on the civil war that's taking place in this country, I would encourage you all worldwide, okay, to, to download this DVD. Number one, it's half price because, you know, by the time you order it and send it, sometimes, Doug, uh, to Australia, New Zealand, up or other places in uh, uh, Eastern Europe, the, the postage is way more than the DVD. So we felt compelled to make it instantly available. And, you know, uh, why it's so critical is because, again, going back to the Drudge headlines, everything is uh, the Methuselah gene has been found. The Methuselah gene is one they've known about for 20 years. Basically, it's the longevity. You're seeing longevity. If I told you, Doug, that there is no 
quote, heaven, there is no hell, and you're going to be a god, and you're going to have infinite knowledge, you're going to be able to have infinite sex, by the way, that's, that's who's pouring money into the AI and the robots, believe it or not, is a pornographic industry, and I won't go into detail there, but the point is that the whole idea is you're going to become a god. There's only one problem with that. You already got the first robot running over a little kid. You've got the test that was given to the one robot, and he starts saying, I hate humans, okay? So what happens in the age of spiritual machinery, and it's Tim and my uh, agreement that the ancients possess such a level of technology beyond anything we're able to find. And I have had multiple multi multi-star generals, four stars, you know, tell me that the world of special operations is who gets the stuff first, the ancient technology, the ancient knowledge. And for the record, if you look it up, there's a group called the Aviary. They are A-V-I-A-R-Y. They are supposedly in possession of something like the Dropa disc, D-R-O-P-A disc. Basically, they are going to play at some point. They're going to play a, if you will, doctored up. Think now. Nassau is bad, wait until the globalists under the Illuminati control and under Satan's direction pull out a DVD, the equivalent, you know, and absolutely have a holographic presentation of the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection, only it's different. Jesus ascends into the clouds and gets into a base ship. Now look, you may think that's as crazy as it comes, but I maintain to you that when Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, which basically, based on my email, there's a lot of getting thee behind me, but the point is, is that he was, he, he was making a statement. That literally means follow after. When the church that claims to know Jesus Christ will not mention his name because of political correctness, will not mention his name because of offense, will not speak of hell, and that everything's a heaven on earth in light of their brethren being slaughtered all over the world, I gotta tell you, Doug, it does not paint a good uh, picture. Uh, somebody says, well, what percentage of the people do you think, Steve, that have been on earth will be saved? And I said, that's only God known to God, okay? And he hasn't shared that with me. And I would also add rightly so. But when Jesus said, when the Lord returns, will he find faith on the earth? I, I have a sermon. And, and let me just say this, you guys. I'm not a preacher. I'm a businessman. I was called of the Lord to do what I'm doing now. Tim is not a preacher. He's a preacher's kid. But he was called... And even, you know, even people that are close to him kind of look at him funny, okay? One of the best indications that people uh, uh, don't want to hear what you say and that God's got his hand on you. You've heard David Langford talk about it. You've heard Tom Horn, me, uh, uh, Tim, others, is that you get kicked out of man's kingdom before you get brought into God's. And I'm sorry, but it seems to be a rite of passage. And so now we're at Genesis 3, 1 through 6, because now... You're being promised you'll live forever. This is the promise of genetic manipulation. And for the record, the reason why the ancient civilizations mummified their dead in Peru, in Egypt, in China, all over the world, is because the fallen angels taught 
them the process of embalming, taught them the process of preserving uh, live DNA, and at the time that it's appropriate, and this is what the Human Genome Project is all about, the spirits, the half-human, fallen angel spirits will come back into the houses due to the reanimation of their former bodies. Now, if you don't think that's mind-blowing, and you don't think that our DVD is so critical to understand, Doug, we come back, I want to read some of the uh, responses from some really, I would say, uh, deep-thinking individuals. This is not rocket science. I could sit this, the, the people who are 10 could watch us. I know we're out of time. We better go to the break. Yeah, we're going to be right back with our guests, Tim Alvarino, Steve Quayle, true legends in the Holy See. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Town or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers denials and deceptions for five years a brutal killer remained on the loose free to kill again as mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond you may never look at your city town or its people the same way ever again stained by blood order your copy of this engaging novel today at hagmanandhagman.com and click on the link stained by blood If knowledge is power, then the Vatican reigns supreme. That by Mr. Tim Alberino from the video, True Legends, The Unholy Sea. How about this? Secret knowledge is the most precious commodity on earth. And by watching this video, perhaps under the earth, it is the currency of the occult and Luciferian elite. Well said, both. We have with us tonight Mr. Timothy Alberino, Gen 6 Productions, um, also the uh, the director, writer, the man behind uh, True Legends, uh, The Unholy Sea, and of course Steve Quayle, the producer, and the man behind True Legends, The Unholy Sea as well. Be- before we get back to both men, I, I want to remind people that, uh, you know, it's time to prepare Folks, one of my favorite products, and I really, really would urge everyone to uh, support this company. This is a, a family business, uh, a business that uh, they're, they're putting a lot of people to work, and that is MinutemanStove.com, MinutemanStove.com. And you got to realize that in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method 
uh, for accomplishing life's one, one of life's most important daily tasks, and that's preparing food. You know, you go to AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, for example, uh, a sponsor of ours, you purchase their long-term storable food. But one thing that I forgot about, and we all here at the studio really failed to realize, is you need something to cook the food with. Well, the premier, in my view, the Cadillac of, of stoves, minutemanstove.com. A disruption of the power supply, fuel disruption, whatever it might be, whatever you might be looking at, you need something to cook on. Um, the Minuteman is small, it's lightweight, it burns wood, it's a, it's a rocket stove, basically, and every bit as powerful as your kitchen stove with decent wood. It's smokeless. And it's fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because a Miniman is so efficient, it cuts down your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth of what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way on an open fire. So, folks, don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Eventually, that supply is going to run dry. And, and burning wood inefficiently requires a lot of manual labor. The Miniman solves all of these problems. Now, it's easy to feed, to feed and easy to use. Uh, prepare your family, prepare your, for, for yourself, order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It does make bad times much better. We have one here at the studio, tried and tested, put it through its paces, and I'll tell you, it has really worked. And with that, fire starters as well, some of the best I've ever seen. Folks, visit MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Take advantage of their special to Hagman and Hagman Report listeners. Tonight, Steve Quayle, SteveQuayle.com, Timothy Alberino, Gen 6 Productions, two fantastic men, and of course you can hear the intellect of, of uh, Tim Alberino and the product of his, his research. If he was to bring, if, if he was to bring the video or, or, or if, to, to court, for example, and lay out the evidence which he has uncovered, him personally, I guarantee you the preponderance of evidence would show that uh, history has been revised, altered, and of course covered up, and the true history is going to come with the deception that is coming. Now, a couple, a couple of things here. And I noticed this, and when, when you buy, folks, when you buy something on, for example, Amazon, you look at the reviews. I, I know you do. When you buy something online, you look at what other people are saying about it. You base your decision on, many times, on what other people say. Well, how about some of these comments? How about one from, uh, well, how about one from Peter Thorson? Good stuff regarding the video. I, I've watched it twice, and me too. Now, I've been, he writes, I've been anticipating this for months, A+. plus. The first time I heard Tim on Hagman and the Hagman a couple of years ago, he talked about the cloud forest. Any expedition plans? Question mark. And, of course, Robert White. Congratulations, Tim and Steve. Another superb production. Very well researched and presented. I hope to see more information about the Vatican and their escapades uh, in future episodes. And David Oldham. One of my favorite comments. You know, this is pure awesome. I have been following these megaliths and absolutely believe that they are built using the knowledge of fallen angels brought to earth when they fell. It drives, it, or it gives me deep down inside a reverence for God, unlike before, seeing as these truths are being revealed to us. And that's just it. I asked Steve at the top of the last hour, are we seeing fulfillment of scripture? Undoubtedly, yes. They, David continues, they knew 
that when we saw these things on earth, men would fall down and worship them as gods. Thankfully, as God has revealed to us in Ephesians 6.12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and many other very complimentary, very complimentary uh, reviews um, on this movie, folks. Watch True Legends: The Unholy Sea online, Vimeo on demand, and you can uh, you can do that right after the show. And before uh, Steve and Tim leave, we're going to go over that process again, or you can order the DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, right through uh, stevequail.com uh, so it's 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 all good Steve I, I forgot what I was supposed to do now but I'm going to turn it over to you no no no, no. I, what I want to do I want to read just one line and then we're going to go uh, kind of where the spirit of God leads us okay uh, Julian said this what an incredible documentary full of truth and the explanation of the gospel thank you Julian for that the directors and producers did an incredible job. Cinematography was incredible. The sound was impeccable. And the sources were uh, credible. So, you know, again, uh, then Ursula, I recommend this document. Uh, you know, uh, how do you say this? Uh, Josh said this. This is an eye-opener. And, and they, the true legends, expose the very things that are taking place right now. Highly recommended. Steve, Tim, and many others did a great job with this production. And everybody already wants Tim episode three I don't think they understand how much went into episode two by the way let me just say this episode two was done in maybe seven months and the DVD and Blu-ray will be available on my website for order on uh, Friday because we get them on Monday we had a, such a high standard set for the soundtrack and I got to share something with you when you listen to the soundtrack I kept going in you know watching the edit talking, giving my two cents, which sometimes was 50 cents worth, and it worked. And, and, you know, I can tell you this. I was in the shower once, and this is, some of you have heard my shower revelations say, that's when the Lord speaks to me, and he told us to go a certain way, and we weren't going to go that way. So it was cool. It was like having the King of Glory being our chairman of the board, and Tim and I have one statement, yes, Lord. And so what's fascinating to me is the fact that there's nothing that's been hidden that isn't going to be revealed. And, Doug, the amount of emails of Christians contacting me, and, and brother, if I had time to count them, I, I wouldn't have enough time in a thousand years. People are really having trouble. The reason they're having trouble is because they haven't learned spiritual warfare in a practical way. Obviously, it exists in the, you know, we can legally know we have a right to do something, but until we take that into the field and experience it firsthand, we don't know that. How many people pray uh, the Lord's Prayer, maybe in a corporate setting, but certainly don't want to cast out demons by the finger of God? And that's why I appreciate the ministry of Pastor Kyle and Linda Kyle and the others who just step right in there. Look, the thing is, is that we are in a, a, a world now that no longer has boundaries that the living God put into place to protect us from such evil. The only protection is Psalm 91. And I want to address one thing, and then we'll turn it back to Tim. The 
the emails coming in on the 37 cities and hearing all that that's planned, the terrorism, I want to make this clear to everybody. Nothing is normal anymore. You can mock me, you can scoff, you can scorn, you can ridicule, you can slander, uh, bear false witness, jump up and down, tell me, go, you know what, myself, tell me this, tell me that, but it doesn't stop what's going to happen. And the deal is, or you can praise God, and you can pray for Tim and Doug and Joe and myself and others that are doing, here's the thing, we only have a limited amount of time. Everything, Doug, when I was on talk radio until about, now, I mean, four years ago was always in the future. I lived in the future, in the present, and people thought, wow, he's wacky, that'll never happen. One of my critics said, I never believed you on genetic Armageddon, now I'm terrified of it. And I said, well, if you had believed me then, you wouldn't have been terrified. So the thing is, is that it's critical that people understand that the technology, whether it's super soldier, whether it's the giant DNA, whether it's the reanimation uh, of uh, 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 dinosaurs, or of ancient uh, bullies. Can you imagine when Genghis Khan and Kublai Khan, the evil spirits that ruled in them, come back on the scene? And I want to share something, and then I'm turning it right over to you, Tim. The I, all along, I couldn't get away from the statement, Jesus wept. And a sister in the Lord, I think, sent me an email at 1.40 in the morning. I was up at 3.40, then got a chance to go back to bed at 4.30 or something. I'm talking a.m. But... She couldn't get away from the Jesus wept. And what the Lord showed her, thank you, my sister, for sharing that with me. What the Lord showed her was exactly what everyone needs to understand. When Jesus wept over Jerusalem, he wasn't only just weeping over Jerusalem and the destruction that was going to come at that point in history. It then dawned on me instantaneously that he's weeping over the destructions that's to come upon the planet. And that just as those who claim to be religious and claim to believe in the coming of the king turned away, so will those in this generation turn away. And the central theme of everything we're finding is the cover-up and the cover-over. And why this is critical is this. If you couldn't stand for Jesus, I'm not putting guilt on anybody, okay? If you could, I'm speaking now, what is it called, uh, you know, to the general population that'll listen to this. If you couldn't stand for Jesus at the best times in history, what makes you think you'll stand for Jesus in the best, the worst times in history? Somebody said, well, it will be because God will give it to me. Will God give it to you if you don't seek him? Will God give it to you if you don't cry your heart out, pour your heart out, and repent? Doug, my favorite two words lately are repent and resurrection. I need to repent because I've got a bad attitude. I've said consistently over the years on talk radio, I have a wrong attitude. God's adjusting. I'm kind of like an old fuel injection system. Those of you that were familiar with cars, that you always had to tweak them. And there's usually one guy that could tune a Makuni carburetor. Oh, and then if you wanted to get into really tough stuff, coordinating uh, carburetors on Ferraris. Okay, I am not a mechanic. I looked at one telling me what he was doing one time. I said, brother, I put the key in. I know where the red line is. I put the clutch in, and I dump it, and I go for it. And that's what I know about that. Now, obviously, I know a little more. But what we're telling everybody right now, God 
has charged Timothy Alberino and myself and the Gen 6 crew. We've got people that meet us in, in uh, forgive me, in South America, in Malta, in Sardinia. We have to have translators. We have to have guides. And A, somebody knows somebody. So, Tim, I'm going to turn it over to you, and let's talk about Malta and address the fact of every interview, both in Malta and Sardinia, that you've got of the elderly people. Tell people the central theme and who comes to shut them up, threaten them, or in some cases, kill them. Yeah, let me let me also say that uh, before I talk about Malta, that I think people need uh, to understand how large of a production, how massive of a, of a production this really was. Uh, we're not going out there with you know uh, little home camera devices and and just sort of capturing things on the fly. Uh, we've got, I mean, we bought new equipment. We've got multiple team members. We we spent a lot of time uh, uh, taking care of logistics, as Steve just mentioned. And we go out there and we produce the very best production that we possibly can. And uh, we put a lot of time and effort into 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 getting good shots and making it as interesting as possible, packaging this information and as in as pleasing a form as we can. Um, we're, we're very concerned about uh, giving people a product that they're that they're really happy with and and surprised by the quality. And uh, so this isn't just you know some hey we went out and we shot a little DVD a uh, little documentary. This is a full blown um, um, documentary project uh, that I think many of you probably have never seen anything quite like this. And I'm not just saying that because I directed it, but because of all the uh, time and effort and all the different players on our team that that um, you know that uh, that put their hands on this thing. And and I just want to say for the record, Steve Quayle is an amazing producer, and uh, and he, he has a nose for this stuff like nobody else in terms of where we need to go and what we're looking for because he's been absolutely right when talking about the things under the ground, you know, being more important than the things above ground. We go around the world, and that's exactly uh, what we find. And uh, so it was. Uh, it was a massive effort, and uh, it's really worth everyone's time to watch it. And we can say that with confidence. And uh, talking about Malta, when we were in Malta, some of you aren't familiar with Malta, but Malta is uh, a little. It's a tiny island, right? It's south of Sicily, and it's north of Tripoli. So it's right in the middle of the Mediterranean. Very, very strategic location throughout history for a number of different governing powers uh, uh, that uh, occupied the island, including, famously, most famously, the Knights of Malta, uh, the Knights of St. John. They became the Knights of Malta when they moved to the island of Malta. And, of course, many people know that the Knights of Malta, that it was uh, in Malta, at Malta, uh, that the forces of Islam were really defeated and held back from overcoming Europe. And so Malta is a very, very interesting place. But what most people don't know about Malta is the relevance that it has concerning megaliths and the the and the antediluvian world and giants and uh, in fact uh, the island of Malta was known as the island of giants it was known historically as the island of giants also remember that Paul the apostle was marooned uh, on the island of Malta for some time that's where he was bit by the snake and shook it off in the fire uh, but so the, the historical significance is amazing on that island. Uh, but we, we went there uh, kind of having in mind what we were looking for. 
not a hundred percent sure, but definitely we knew about the megaliths and the underground stuff. And what did we find? We found the Catholic Church sitting on top of it all and controlling it in many ways, just like in Peru. In fact, we found many very interesting correlations uh, between Malta and Peru that I think the the viewers of our film will also find very interesting that you probably haven't seen anywhere else. Uh, and we show you that uh, the the very same architectural style that we find in Peru throughout South America and everywhere else in the world is present in Malta. This is this was done on a global scale. We're dealing with a ubiquitous technology, the Cyclopean architecture. Um, that was supposedly uh, created uh, and worked by the by the gods and the offspring of the gods in the in in, in the uh, thousands of years ago, which is in fact the case in the pre-flood world. Uh, in many cases, it was giants building these things, so their fingerprints are all over uh, the the constructions in Malta. And uh, we point some very interesting things out that that again you probably have never heard before, especially concerning the underground stuff. Malta is known for um, besides all the historical things I mentioned, uh, it's it's also known for the Hypogeum, uh, which is a very famous underground complex, uh, which I descended into. I had the opportunity to go and visit the the Hypogeum. Uh, I went down there with uh, with uh, one of our uh, cinematographers, and um, and I'll tell you what the the the, the atmosphere in the Hypogeum. The Hypogeum is a multi-level underground complex that was carved out of solid rock and uh, uh, they want us to believe that it was carved out of solid, solid rock by uh, uh, by basically Neanderthalic peoples with using antler horns but were, they removed over 2,000 tons of stone to make this underground complex and it's very masterfully built but the point I was making was how eerie uh, and uh, and dark and ominous the atmosphere was down there not just because it was under the ground and dark uh, but because there was something occultic lingering in the atmosphere that I was able to discern, and uh, they were they recovered in the hypogeum when it when it's when it's when it was first opened. By the way, it was excavated by Jesuit priest, but um, they they uncovered the uh, they uh, discovered uh, very strange bones inside of the hypogeum, and this is a this is a matter of history. It's well known that they, when they opened the hypogeum, uh, they discovered very strange skeletons, uh, very strange craniums, and there were thousands of, of, of bones. And these were not normal human bones. Many of them were very, uh, were very uh, non-human looking. And we actually have a photo of some of those skulls which disappeared. Uh, which have uh, since not since we we didn't take the photo. This is an old photo, which you can find on the internet, of some of these skulls. Which, if you take a good look at these things, you're going to notice that these things do not look even like traditional. These are elongated skulls, but they don't even look like some of them don't even look like traditional elongated skulls. And I say traditional, meaning the ones that we're very familiar with now uh, from South America, specifically from Paracas and so forth. Uh, some of these skulls that came out of the hypogeum are, are absolutely alien looking, and you'll notice that in the film. And again, these the skeletons, many of them, especially uh, six skulls in particular, went missing. And I think we all probably have an idea at this point where they are today, uh, very likely beneath St. Peter's Basilica. So um, there's a concerted effort 
to, to cover up uh, the knowledge of the past uh, so that the, the narrative, the, the very carefully crafted occultic narrative, the Luciferian narrative coming out in the near future uh, will deceive the way that it is supposed to deceive. It will have that potent effect to deceive the masses. Uh, remember there's that, uh, there's that famous quote that those uh, who do not, do not know history or are unfamiliar with history are doomed to repeat it. Well, that's, very, uh, that's a, a very literal statement um, because history is going full circle back to the beginning. And uh, especially in terms of the prehistoric world. When we say prehistoric, when I say prehistoric, I'm referring to the world before the flood of Noah, the antediluvian world, the dynamics that were in play in the earth are even now happening again. The, the, the golden age of the gods is being resurrected in our generation. And it's happening and Malta is one more piece of the puzzle. And, and in this film, we this is essentially two films. Episode two. Uh, episode one was an hour and a half. This one is at two hours and a half. Uh, it could have easily been three hours. We had to really shave it down. We had a lot more material that we didn't fit into the film. We didn't want it to be too long. Uh, but this is essentially two films in one. And what we wanted to do, and our hope, uh, and Doug, you watched it, uh, so I hope that this came across. What we really wanted to do was to connect the dots between why it is so important to be aware of and to have the knowledge of the world before the flood of Noah, what was happening back then, how that is, is intimately connected to what's happening now with genetic, with the genetic modification that's happening and the, and also the alien stuff and all the UFO activity and the lie that's coming and the religion that's, that is slowly being, uh, assembled, um, even as we speak. We wanted people to understand how does the one relate to the other, so we decided, and this was really Steve's decision, we had to glue them together. In order for people to get it, we had to glue these two things together. Um, and I and I've already received feedback, by the way, from a lot of people telling me that I finally got it. I get I get why you you guys are talking about megaliths in the world before the flood of Noah because you attached the the the, the last third of this film. You're explaining why it's important, and you're showing us that the uh, the resurrection of the gods, the resurrection of the golden age, is is the it is the final. Uh, crescendo of the occult plan that has been in the making, the Luciferian plan that has been in the making since the days before the flood of Noah. And it is that resurrection of the Golden Age and the reinstitution of the empire, of the entities that lived in the world, inhabited the world during that time. And uh, and it's finally clicking in people's heads, you know, uh, um, uh, that this is the feedback that I'm getting uh, from certain individuals that have uh, written emails to us, why these things are related. And that was our hope, was that people would understand how they're related and, and how quickly we're accelerating towards the resurrection of the Golden Age. Uh, and uh, we talk about, I mean, we really do in this film, we talk about a dozen different things. I mean, we, we, we break down elongated skulls. I mean, just to kind of uh, uh, cherry pick from the film some things, we, 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 we break down the elongated skulls phenomenon. Uh, we, we, we talk about the underground stuff. We deal more with some of the megalith, uh, the megalithic stuff. We show you proof 
to back up what we're saying about a lot of this stuff, especially as it pertains to the megaliths belonging to the age before the flood. This isn't just conjecture. We're showing you why it has been, how it has been scientifically proven. By the way, uh, uh, getting back to Anselm P. Ramla for a minute, uh, we talked about his experience below, uh, beneath the church of uh, the convent of Santo Domingo in Cusco and how he saw the Shinkana in 1982. Well, what we didn't get to talk about is that he he went back 17 years later and 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 was able to go in to the convent of Santo Domingo with a professional team and do a, with ground penetrating radar and absolutely prove unequivocally scientifically that that tunnel exists because he saw it with his own eyes and then he went back and he proved it with ground penetrating radar it's in our film so uh, we're not just, con you know, formulating conjectures uh, and, and telling you what our opinion is. We take a lot of time and energy to show you that these things have been proven. And we even break down in the, se in the third uh, uh, part, I mean, in the, uh, the final third of this film, uh, we show you what was the Golden Age and what does it mean for the Golden Age to be resurrected. We talk about the occult uh, machinations dealing with the with the um, um, the obelisks that you find all over the earth, especially in the city of Rome. Of course, we all know about the famous one at the Vatican, and all over Rome, and what it means, what their what their final goal is, what their final aim is, and uh, so there's just so much stuff packed into this film. But there's a lot of stuff we deal with in Malta that I think people are going to see for the first time, and uh, we're in Malta. We're in Cusco, we're in Rome, we're, you know, we give you a couple of glimpses of Sardinia, but for those who are wondering, we have a whole deal uh, with Sardinia that we have not yet uh, edited. That is, uh, is our next project, some really astounding things. Sardinia, uh, the majority, the vast majority of stuff concerning Sardinia is not in this episode, that's for another episode. Uh, so I just want to uh, clarify that. And uh, I'm, hey, Tim, Tim, uh, let me interrupt you. Hey, Doug, let me interrupt him a minute. Will you share, like I said, you don't have to share every individual um, uh, interview, but give the central theme of everyone you've interviewed, whether in Sardinia or Malta, concerning the Giants. Just, you know, a couple minutes' worth. Um, specifically in Sardinia? Uh, or, or, you know, the, here, let me do it. I'll do it because I'm sorry. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, one of the goals that I wanted uh, achieved in this was to basically interview the oldest guys or women on the islands that had actually watched the excavation of the giants from the different sites. And by the way, let me say something about the hypogeum. H-Y-P-O-G-E-U-M. It's a UNESCO site, and we had to get permission to go in there. And I think, didn't we have to pay to use it in the film, too, or something? Yeah, we had but, to get special permission to, to even do yeah. uh, But here's the deal. Yep. You can go on my website, stevequail.com, and go into the Giants. Actually, it's genesis6giants.com, genesis6giants.com, and look at the illustrations. Brian Snowdy, in my opinion, one of the finest uh, artists in the world, did it for me, but it was based on a description of a... Uh, um, um, oh, how do I say this without getting him in trouble? Somebody in the know, very high ranking in the military, higher than you even know exists. There you go. And the cupola, if you will, or the dome, what, what most people don't understand, when God said you were in Eden, you know, you were the anointed.
appointed sheriff, they, there is a cupola, very similar to the White House, that was Lucifer's, if you will, dome on his home in the pre-Adamic Eden. This is really going to take you for, read the description. Tim, the way the dome, and most people don't know this, the hypogeum is a dome structure. You don't chisel that out with antlers and copper tools. So back to what we're talking about. The occult overriding, the fallen angel technology, teaching their children, the giants, all these different techniques. Look, we're not dealing with Shrek here. We're not dealing with oafs. We're not dealing with Hollywood's idea of, uh, yeah, I'm a giant. I came to help you. You know, we're not dealing with that. We're dealing with actual entities that possess incredible technology and technology of the fallen. So the thing is, is that when Tim and the film crew interviewed the different people, the elderly, they all came up. As a matter of fact, a couple people on the streets of Sardinia were always looking over their shoulders, weren't they, Tim? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so... Yeah, everyone was really frightened, but the bottom line is, is that it was still uh, agents and Jesuits of the Vatican coming in and taking their fines, threatening them or paying them, telling them to shut up. Is that accurate? Is that a quick enough yeah, yeah, overview? Can I say something here? The, 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 yeah. the that 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 that. Uh that we discovered in Sardinia, and we're getting, you know, I mean, we'll give you a little bit of a teaser here, is that we, we found out, it, when I asked uh, the people who literally, literally, this isn't secondhand, they literally dug up the bones of giants and uh, were involved in the cover-up of it. Uh, when I asked them, who's taking them? Who's taking the bones? Where are they going? It wasn't even, it wasn't, an, it wasn't like they had to sit there and think about it or say, well, no, it was instantaneous, their, their, their answer. The Illuminati and the Vatican. That was the answer. And it's kind of, if you know enough about if you if you've looked into this, you know that that's kind of the same deal because they've merged at this point. But but that those those are the institutions, the entities that are taking the bones. And they said that without any qualms, without having to think about it. Like I said, just instantaneous. The Illuminati and the Vatican. And and we found out. And uh, we we found out that there is a very real underground market for uh, for artifacts relating to the world before the flood of Noah, especially relating to giants, especially relating to hybrids and their technology and their occult uh, uh, practices, if you will. Uh, there's a market that only the, the initiated in the occult have access to and the richest people on earth, believe me, where these things are being sold. And, and transported, you know, and moved around probably under the ground. And, uh, it's, it, so people say, well, where's all the bones? And where, believe me, they're being moved under your feet all the time. And, uh, we found out that this market exists. And it's a very, it's kind of a very frightening thing because it's even more, uh, it's even more hush hush than, than, than anything you can imagine with narcotics. I mean, th this is the real black market is the transportation and the, the buying and the selling of these artifacts that officially are not even supposed to exist. And by the way, in Sardinia, uh, there's a whole, there's a, it's on a whole other level in Sardinia because of the copious amounts of gold and gems and jewels that are associated with these giants. I mean, the giants that, are that, w that have been dug up in Sardinia are sometimes uh, surrounded by gold and silver and, 
And uh, in fact, there's a there's a large gold mine there where there's still a lot of giant skeletons, and the giants would adorn, adorn themselves. And 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 for all those critics who are already thinking, oh, those were mastodons and dinosaurs and whatever. Well, you tell me the last time that mastodon bones were dug up with golden bracelets on, and necklaces and nose rings. I mean, and we're talking about pure gold. And uh, this was the testimony of of um, uh, many of the people we talked. In fact, almost all of them. Just the copious amounts of of gold and treasure associated with the giants. So believe me, there is a a vast underground black black market. Uh, where these things are are moving and 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 they're ending up, I'm sure, uh, a lot of these bones, uh, which Steve could tell you, are ending are ending up uh, being the uh, uh, accoutrements of occult ceremonies, and are being used in human sacrifices and all kinds of stuff, and obviously in in uh, in the extraction of DNA. Uh, and, and that sort of thing. So uh, th- this market exists. It's alive. It's well. It's a very frightening thing when you realize that the players that are involved, and and the, and the specifically again the two players, Illuminati and Vatican. That's what we hear all over the place all the time, especially as it relates to giants and, and ancient artifacts, uh, pre-flood artifacts. Well, hey, Doug, with your permission, I want to read something interesting. As we're on the air tonight, I'm, uh, a lady, Susan in Ohio, sent me an email. I want to read this because she gets it. Steve, I was listening to you on the Hagman and Hagman Report tonight, and I had a small revelation. As I was on my porch saying my nightly prayers, this is what ran through my mind. You said that what is under the ground is more important and sinister than what is above the ground. And right at that moment, the Holy Spirit said to me that the name of Jesus, quoted the scripture, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Now she said this, I ran in and looked up the Greek words for earth in this verse. The word for earth and the earth is epigeos. Uh, G1919, meaning worldly, terrestrial. But the word used for earth in under the earth is katatonios, meaning subterranean. In the commentaries, I have always found this as being, uh, they're referring to a place of hell, but I don't think it means that at all. It is perhaps referring to the infernal beings that reside literally under the earth. I felt the Lord wanted me to share this with you. God bless you for all you do, you and your family, and all the watchmen on the towers are in my prayers always. Susan in Ohio. Now listen, she had a bit of rhema there. It wasn't given to her intellectually. It was given to her through the scripture. And that's why it's critical for you to understand this. That's when Jesus said men's hearts failing them for looking after those things. She went to a different scripture. God bless you so much for that, Susan. What's happening, you guys, is the lights are turning on in the believers' lives. That which has been hidden, it's like God puts a time seal on Revelation. Uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to be 25 years ahead of time. It's another thing to be at the time when people start to get it. And, you know, I've said this, Doug, and it becomes more and more obvious every day. No word of God spoken by a man of God is ever re- is, is received by the people of God at the time it's spoken. Now, there are individuals who, who can witness in the Spirit, but generally, and I'll quote the words of Jesus, when 
when the Pharisees came to him and the Sadducees, and everyone was trying to give our Lord a hard time, Jesus just simply answered them. You know, they wanted, they wanted all this proof, but he answered them real simply. Which of the prophets have your fathers not killed? Okay, answer me this. Which of the truths have, have the evil ones not killed? You see, the last thing they want is the truth, because you cannot separate the truth from Jesus Christ. Proverbs 8, the wisdom of God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Corinthians talks about God made Jesus the wisdom of God. And wisdom is not the same as facts. There's three words. I mean, that's another whole show, but there's three different words in the Hebrew and in the Greek. Wisdom is different than knowledge. Knowledge is different than facts. You know, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't have the wisdom to apply the knowledge, what is it? It's just more stuff, okay? So, so wisdom knows not only how to apply the facts, but the timing of the facts. And that's why the scripture says a word fitly spoken season, how sweet or how precious it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason you're hearing this tonight is it's your time to hear this. The reason you are uh, being told about the secrets of the occult now being made known, and, and you know, we've gotten a couple hate emails. Tim just sent me one. Some guy wants to tear him limb to limb. You should pray about it. You should pray and ask the Lord. And I've said this for 25 years on talk radio. I know you've heard it, Tim. Doug, you've heard it all. Take this stuff to the Lord in prayer. If Jesus thought it was important enough to speak at Red Letter Edition, and he's telling you that your heart may fail, then you better take this seriously. Look, we can plead, we can preach, we can exhort, we can testify, we can do all those things. But the responsibility lies on every listener worldwide to take Take this to the Lord in prayer. And there's no time just to mock, scoff, and scorn. You need to ask the Lord, Lord, are these people telling us the truth? You need to ask them that. I had one sister say, I went to the Lord when you told me to pray that, and he told me you were the devil. Well, I got news for you. Then the devil's confessing Jesus is Lord, and you don't know your Bible, because no devil can say Jesus is Lord and come in the flesh. The problem is you do error, ladies and gentlemen, and not knowing the power of God or his word. So once again, we want you to go and download this. You know, I, I want to address this, Doug, because obviously people send me emails. What about this? What about that? I don't know if the 37 cities are real. I do know this. They came off the dark web. I, for one, don't know how to go on the dark web. I've never gone on it. But will you explain, Doug Hagman, what the dark web is, how people can basically sell anything or, you know, acquire anything? Will you share just real quick? Well, I'll tell you what, Steve. I'm not going to give uh, instructions, but I'll say this. No, no, no. But just tell, yeah, I'm not yeah. asking that. Yeah. Ask, yeah. Just explain uh, generally. Well, like anything else, there, there's the there's the obvious, the good side, and then there's the uh, dark web. There's the uh, portals that take you to places where you could traffic uh, anything from drugs to uh, body parts. I mean, it's it's that bad. And you it's know, that bad. it. it yeah, and it amazes me how, um, I mean, I understand the mechanics of it, but I don't understand how, um, the, uh, viability, how it remains viable given the, uh, technology available today to the, to the good guys, so to speak. So it, well, it seems to me that yeah. a lot of this, you know, is, is just facilitated by them. Go ahead. 
Well, that's where the 37 cities came from, and they yes. who control it. Look, you know this. It's controlled. It's controlled by the darkest, luminous intelligence agencies of the world, okay? Yep. If, yep. Ladies and gentlemen, it's how people find assassins. They, find, they sell children through it. I mean, it's a horrible thing. But that's where the 37 cities came from. And again, please understand, I want to make a... I'm getting emails, and I've gotten them all day. We will be taking orders will turn on the shopping cart on my website stevequail.com uh, on Friday to take orders it may go on on Monday the reason we don't want to do it and it got put up accidentally I apologize to 60 or 70 people is because we want to be able to ship immediately Doug people will order one day and then ask when it's being shipped they don't even place their order in the normal hours and they place it at midnight so I won't put up with that anymore I run my crew ragged and uh, so we made and t that was Tim's uh, advice and I agree with it people around the world need to get this in real time in other words we have to have people understand this because ladies and gentlemen if this holds true to form what you're seeing in true legends the unholy sea things will accelerate it's almost like it's almost like Tom Horn when they did uh, uh, Exo Vaticana I mean you know they were the only ones that called the resignation of the Pope I mean, you know, the world's newspapers came to them. So what God is doing is he's getting his people prepared. And for those of you that, and don't do it unless you pray over it and the Lord tells you to, but if you want to know what's coming and you want to know that full effect of Jesus wept, go into my uh, alerts today. If that doesn't drive you to your knees in thanksgiving and in intercessory prayer for you being able to hold up and your loved ones being able to hold up during uh, some very horrible persecution coming, then I can tell you this, you need to have a transformational experience with Jesus Christ. Now, Tim, close it out, say whatever you want to say when you're done, you know, Doug, anything you want to say, because again, it's this important. By the way, I want to make I want to thank some people. I want to thank Cam and Jan. If it hadn't been for you guys, one wouldn't have happened. GH, if it hadn't been for you, this wouldn't have happened. DC, if this hadn't been for you, David, this wouldn't have happened. We had some amazing people help us financially and prayerfully. And it's interesting because, again, Cam, the Bible says, uh, despise not the day of small beginnings. Because three people obeyed, millions of people are getting the truth. And we didn't seek them out. They basically had God put it on their heart to come to us. So, you know, just thank you guys. And I, I say, you know, they don't want the praise or the kudos. But, ladies and gentlemen, when you watch this, you've got to understand something. Every minute of that film is an hour of Tim Alberino's heart. And that's no that's no kidding. I mean, I know when I'd be up, he'd be up. I'd go to the studio at weird hours. He's there at weird hours. He knew every bit of the soundtrack. He did it. And so our goal in producing this, and people, Doug, I probably had a half a dozen, I know Tim has too, professional guys who produce big budget. And by the way, we would not be ashamed to put this on the History Channel, uh, National Geographic Channel. It's that good. So
so so I think you'll find out that God isn't uh, just we're not putting out shabby stuff okay you mark my words we'll be imitated we'll be duplicated but remember that's because you know we'll be mocked we'll be scorned we'll be ridiculed we'll be slammed and, and somebody says you shouldn't address your critics all the time no we're just telling you when Jesus said get thee behind me Satan Satan will follow after you know so it's it's just like uh, you know some of my book reviews on Amazon I've had people tell me they hate my guts because I talk about Jesus and they'll go and review a book they never read and you know so here's the deal you take it to the Lord in prayer the true legends book that I have I think I printed 2,000 last time we're probably down to half now and I gotta be honest with you Doug when I was serious I'm telling people that want to have future reference it better download this stuff and make a hard copy off the internet because whether it's EMP or selective sanctioning of websites I had a Delta employee in my office from another state today Delta Airlines he said Steve you're blocked at Delta Airlines I said well brother I'm not only blocked there I'm blocked here there this this hotel chain that hotel chain you know and he said, well, why are you blocked and others aren't? I said, because they don't like the real-time alerts that I post. So thank you all for your prayers. Thank you for your prayers for Tim Alberino and his family. Thank you for your prayers for Doug and Joe. Thank you for your prayers for me. Look, ladies and gentlemen, it's not melodrama. You know, again, until it happens to you and someone takes a shot at you or tries to blow your car up or whatever they do, you don't really realize how much God protects us. So my my statement, and then, Tim, you and you and uh, uh, Doug can close it out. You take it, Tim, next. My statement is this, is that with what's coming down this week, what's going on in the financial markets, and I've talked about that ad nauseum, the thing that God is saying, prepare my people, Tell them it's not the scene, the the things you see. It's not the things you hear. It's the things you've never seen or heard before that are going to cause men's hearts to fail them for fear of looking after those things coming up on the earth, under the earth. So please, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, buy this DVD. If those of you are dealing with parents, I, and look, you can sense the urgency in my, I pray there's a number three. I don't know that. I, I I don't know at this point, but I do know this. Jesus loves you, and because he loves you, the Bible says, surely the Lord will do, God will do nothing except he reveal it to his uh, servants, the prophets. The testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy, and basically, God is telling us, when he says his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, God's not talking about pagans, he's not talking about Satanists, occultists, illuminists, uh, whatever, globalists. He's talking about his people and if you read that whole scripture it's because once they're presented with the truth they reject it get ready if you're not close to jesus any of us can be deceived and that's the ultimate prayer of my heart go ahead tim god bless you doug thanks for letting tim and i come on tim just take it tell people again where they can get it yeah steve before you leave i just want to echo one thing and then i'm gonna turn over to tim you know you folks yeah steve you and tim must be hitting some pretty uh pretty hot spots because when I'm getting emails, uh, one from one persistent individual, uh, saying that they want to cut your throat, Tim's throat and my throat for having you on, uh, 
you know, that's a pretty serious, uh, serious thing. So we must be getting over the target to get that sort of visceral reaction. So no melodrama in your statements, Steve. I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, so go ahead, Tim, Tim Alberino. Well, yeah, I want to pick, pick up where Steve, uh, where Steve said that, uh, my people have perished for lack of knowledge. And it's that lack of knowledge that we're really targeting here. We're trying to prepare people with that knowledge that they need. Uh, in order to withstand the deception that's coming because it's precisely the knowledge of the truth that guards our hearts against that deception. And uh, even as we were putting this film together, laboring, you know, sometimes all through the night to get this film out to you guys uh, in, a, in as timely a matter as possible, we didn't realize how timely the release of our film would actually be because I was kind of just uh, uh, secluded and, and, and uh, secluded myself into an editing room for, for four months. And as we're putting this film together, working on this film, uh, I, 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 we didn't know at first what we were going to call it. And I had, and we decided uh, that, and I felt that we were supposed to call it the unholy sea. And that term just, it just came to me. And, and I thought, there, I, I just felt instantly very strongly, that's the name. That's the name of this film, The Unholy Sea. And this was before I even had the film halfway done. I mean, I probably only had it 25% done. But I just knew we were supposed to call it The Unholy Sea. And I didn't even realize that during that same period of time, uh, there was this undercurrent happening uh, of, of, the, of many very famous, charismatic Protestant leaders meeting with Pope Francis. During we're here, we're putting this film together called The Unholy Sea, and these guys are over there meeting with Pope Francis, and then going on the internet and in their ministries and lauding him as this wonderful born again believer. And so, when we tell you that the deception is beginning, believe me, the deception is beginning, because those people are obviously ignorant to the past and uh, of the past, and especially as it concerns the the Holy See or the unholy sea. And so uh, this stuff is moving now. This is, this is a situation that, that, is, that is happening now. These aren't things, these aren't conjectures about the, the, the future. This is stuff that is happening in real time. And so um, I think it's extremely, uh, the timing of this is extremely appropriate and has been, has been, I believe, divine, I know Steve believes, divinely orchestrated. We just released our film this month. It was supposed to be released in June, but because of some technical difficulties, we ended up getting it out in the beginning of this month, and it is in this very month uh, that many Protestants are getting together um, um, in, uh, in Washington, D.C., and basically are beginning to make moves towards, uh, towards the Roman Catholic Church and opening themselves up uh, to this Pope, to this Jesuit Pope, who is about to make some very interesting announcements. Uh, uh, I believe it will be this Pope. If it's not this Pope, I don't know that there's going to be another Pope, honestly. Um, and, of course, those of you who are familiar with Tom Horn's work uh, uh, might agree with that statement. So it couldn't be more timely. It is, I mean, it's like uh, this is something that's hot off the press, took a lot of time and energy, a lot of blood and sweat, and it's available now for those of you who want to watch it instantly. Uh, tonight, if you want to watch it right now, you can go to truelegendstheseries.com and uh, purchase the online streaming. When you click buy in Vimeo, it's, it's, it's the online streaming. It's unlimited online streaming uh, instantaneously. You can, you can uh, uh, 
purchase it for yourself and then watch it as many times as you want as long as the film's on Vimeo and invite friends over maybe you have friends who who can't afford to purchase the film invite purchase the film yourself and invite them over and 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 let them watch it at your house i mean um uh, we wanted to make this available for streaming so that people overseas can access it and uh this is the way that uh, we can do that and so and this production by the way was extremely expensive this is top notch and uh, uh that's the way we wanted it to be we wanted it to compete with all the other stuff out there, the ancient alien stuff, and I think we absolutely succeeded at that. So, um, so I just encourage everybody to to check this out. Watch our trailer. Our trailer's on YouTube. Our trailer's on Steve Quayle's website. It's on TrueLegendsTheSeries.com, TrueLegendsTheSeries.com, and uh, and it's on Vimeo. Gentlemen, thank you both for your gift of time tonight and the video itself, the the documentary is just absolutely incredible worth every minute spent and and you'll want to watch it over and over take notes god bless you both thank you thank you so much for being on our program thank you dad all right folks that'll do it for us tonight tomorrow gonna be back here i'll be uh, again flying solo uh got a great program lined up for you tomorrow an hour with uh, John Jonathan Matthew Wright, the code searcher, and uh, news information analysis, getting deep into what's taking place. Good night, everyone.